Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of Game Time with Manny. Uh, as always, I am here with Matt. Yep, back for another. And boy, uh, I feel like it's been 3,000 weeks since the last time we did a podcast for some reason. See, like, we'll get into it with the news, but I've grown accustomed to getting, like, big news updates, like, every day now, so... Yeah, that's true, and things generally do happen, yeah. And so, like, I have a feeling in the next couple of weeks we're going to have nothing because we got, like, everything big <laughs> this week for whatever reason. That's probably that's probably actually true. <laughs> like, it's yeah, yeah, I don't know why they all picked this week, but it is just kind of one of those things. So uh, the first one, it's just a quick little announcement. Ubisoft is having their first digital showcase on July 12th, and it's called the Ubisoft Forward. And so this is probably just what they were going to show at E3, right? Yeah, that's what I would guess. Yeah, that's what I would assume. So that that will be cool because I am looking forward to multiple Ubisoft releases. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance we will get uh it'll start out with uh dancing? Mm, see, I feel like they have to to continue the grand tradition of hot Ubisoft E3 press conferences. Yes, but like I, I well, they all have to be like six feet apart. Oh fuck, you're right. They probably won't be able to do that unless it's just like one one person? single dancer, or maybe Spring. like then they cut to other dancers in different costumes or something. That's, yeah, I mean, as long as they bring back that panda guy from like a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's good. Say what you want about Ubisoft, but their press conferences they have the most fun with them. Uh, all I can think about is the one where they talked to James Cameron on stage, and that was the least fun thing I can ever <laughs> remember. So, yeah, that's true. But I think about that one year when it was like they started out with the Just Dance, and it was the year with the panda, and mm-hmm. then they brought the one guy out for Trials Fusion, and he just kept like that was wild. Yes. I forgot about that, <laughs> where he like fell on the fake podium and broke yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they do weird stuff sometimes they do do you uh, that might have been before you had started watching full e3 press conferences do you remember the one where they like had that nerf game or was it laser tag no it's i it was like some kind of like fake gun game it must have been laser tag and it that was also ridiculous and it wasn't like a console game like it was like a physical this is laser tag thing Oh, I'm typing laser. Oh my! This was 2010. Okay. Well, I look. I remember. Yes. I've been watching them. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft <laughs> Battle Tag. Yeah, that was fucking wild as well. Huh. See, the golden age of E3 is over. We're not going to get this hot shit anymore. Well, that would have been right around the same time as uh, is it Konami? Yeah, the Konami is doing their dumb bullshit then. Because you had me watch that one where, like... Yeah, that's top-notch as well. <laughs> and that was right around 2009-2010, I believe. Yeah. Their so, E3 huh? press conferences used to be a lot more, uh, let's say, like, free-balling. I, I don't know, man. They would just put, like... They're like, whoa, we have this product? Fucking put it up there. <laughs> that, and you had Nintendo doing the the music one. That was That's also a very classic. Nintendo oh, Wii one. Music, yeah. Robbie Drums, everyone's favorite <laughs> E3 character. 
uh, the E3 with Mr. Caffeine for Ubisoft. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good, just really good E3 hotness that has occurred. So I hope that we get some amount of that this year. Did they have, was it Jamie Kennedy at an E3 or was that something else? Uh, Jamie Kennedy was at someone's E3 press conference, maybe multiple. I Was that an Xbox one? Because he's the one who came remember. out and then just like made all these terrible jokes, and and it was uh, very awkward. Activision two thousand seven, yeah. Okay, I've seen clips of that as well. Uh, I I want to say he did something else too, like there was another thing other than that terrible conference. But yeah, that was fucking wild as well. Uh, there was the one year that one of them had Joel McHale and he also seemed like he didn't want to be there. Was that was, um, wasn't that one of the game awards? There was a game awards one, but I thought that he also did an Ubisoft like announcement thing. If I want to, Oh, maybe if I remember correctly, but yeah, they, there was a wild time of just celebrities and whatever they, they had going on. They would put up there and Ubisoft was especially wild with that stuff. Yeah, and they had Aisha Tyler for a while there. She was actually all right, though. I don't mind. Yeah, her. no, I'm she not. I'm not presenting. saying. Yeah, I'm not saying her as like a negative. I'm just saying like yeah, she, yeah. she was definitely one of the bigger and actually somewhat took it seriously. So maybe they'll get her to do the digital showcase. Maybe. <laughs> wow, I just googled her. She's six feet tall. I didn't realize she was such a tall woman. Yeah, she seems really tall. I mean, I guess you have no scale, really. No, like you wouldn't have any scales. So like... Other than that, she's like twice as tall as Yves Guimot, the <laughs> head of Ubisoft. But I always imagined him to be like very short. A, a very tiny <laughs> man. So I don't know. He's probably now that you now that she's that tall, he's probably like five, five, six. Yeah, five, six, five, seven. So interesting. Well, I guess we can uh, move into the next little thing that I don't even know what this means. PlayStation Studios will now launch alongside PS5. So it, it seems like it's they're doing exactly what Xbox did, I think, last year or a couple of years ago when they rebranded. That's all it seems like yeah. to me, right? Yeah, this is like all of instead of all of the game, like they're bringing all the PlayStation developers under like a single brand were they not before <laughs> no like they would all have their own unique logo or whatever now they're all going to show this playstation studios logo oh okay uh, and like i i don't think this is like a meaningful distinction or anything i think they're just going to have that weird logo that looks exactly like the marvel studios logo mm-hmm. uh where it like shows the games in the in in the lettering of playstation studios which someone did a side-by-side comparison of xbox's new one and they're like almost identical yeah Yeah. identical (laughs) like even the types of games they show at various points i was like wow this is crazy uh but yeah i mean that's cool i guess like i I don't know i saw people getting weirdly excited slash upset about this and it was like i I don't know man it's just a fucking playstation logo that will be in front of a lot of games now yeah i felt nothing and i was like this just feels like rebranding to for whatever it's not really something to get excited about 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it actually has any super meaningful significance or anything like that. It, it's just like when Xbox did it a couple of years ago. It, it didn't change anything. So No, and it's, they're still just going to be the same Sony Studios developing everything. So it's like, right. that's, that's fine. Uh, the next news. Do you want to take this one? Because I know it's you're hellaciously like... <laughs> exciting. Uh, I don't remember exactly what day that was. Was it Tuesday? Yes. No. Well, it was, yeah. It was either this past Monday or Tuesday, but uh, I had seen on Twitter a bunch of people posting text messages they received from Tony Hawk, the yeah, pro skater. Yes. Uh, and so a while ago, Tony Hawk did this thing where he like gave out his number, and it was going through this weird company so that he could like send people stupid text messages about his hot brand updates and stuff and so it was early tuesday morning he started sending out text messages that said hey uh there's gonna be an announcement soon of a remaster of tony hawk pro skater one and two uh the official stream is coming soon or whatever get excited and so at the same time like a billion people posted this and everyone was like, this has to be fake. And it was like, well, no, because he had been texting people using the same method for months and months. So it, right. it made sense. Why the fuck else would he say it? Uh, and so then I was like, wow, I wonder if they'll announce that soon. And then I saw that there was a Summer Games Fest stream on the Game Awards channel. I clicked right. into it. The music that was playing, uh, it was a it was a countdown page. It had five minutes. And the music that was playing was Superman by Goldfinger, the most popular uh, Tony Hawk song. And I said, holy shit, <laughs> they're going to announce a remaster of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 in five minutes. And then they did. And it is being made by uh, Vicarious Visions. Mm -hmm. And I want to read you this hot quote that I pulled from an article because I don't know if most people remember, but there was uh, an HD remaster of Tony Hawk 2 uh, in like 2007, 2008. And it was one of the worst things that has ever happened. It sucked so, so bad. And then that studio went on to make Tony Hawk 5. So, uh huh. And it sucked. So yeah. let me let me pull this quote up because I, this at first I was like sort of nervous. I was like, oh, man, should I get excited? Uh, the answer is we should all get excited. Yes, so, yes. Okay. I, I I have faith. Vicarious Visions, They've their last couple works have been great remasters. So there's no reason to believe that they won't have another great one here. That's uh, even more awesome. so for this. This is, this is the actual quote. Okay. We actually have former Neversoft employees at Vicarious Visions. Many of us have worked on the franchise in the past, and we remember and we know exactly how it feels. We dug into Neversoft's code database and were able to pull the handling code right out of there. We just brought it into the engine that we're in now, but we're updating it to make sure that we are making it feel exactly the way you remember it, just updated with modern animation. <laughs> so they literally just pulled the code out of the old games, and it will be that, basically. I don't... <laughs> Do you think it'll feel... See, here's the weird thing. When you, when you look back to like Tony Hawk 1 and 2, we didn't even have sticks then. We played that those on D-pads, or you played it on uh, the N64, right? I played it on N64, yeah, and I also played the Tony Hawk 2 on PC a lot with a controller that used, like, motion controls, actually. But um, Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, that wasn't great, so then I just turned it off and would play with the controller. But um, there were right. other quotes saying that 
uh, they're making it so that you yes. can use either the D-pad or the analog stick, and it will be like a seamless thing if you want to go between the two, just because there are a lot of people who remember only playing it on a D-pad. But then for people who played like Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 3 and 4, or like Underground and stuff, they also added the stick functionality just because yes. people might be used to that. And they said they're going through and making it so... Uh, it, because like the sticks are just a little less precise... So mm-hmm. they're trying to make it so like it'll just work extremely well with that. Um, I just think it'll be interesting. And also, like, I mean, there's always going to be a little bit more latency. And mm-hmm. I, I, there was a little bit of an issue with uh, Crash, if you remember, people had. There was, yeah. I, I so, don't, Yeah, it really depends how how they end up implementing the stuff in the game i guess yes i i I expect this to feel great and be fine but i don't think it's going to be like a one for one like if you go play that and then play this right after i don't think it's going to feel exactly right but i think it'll probably in some ways play even better than what we remember yeah and like they are also adding additions so like in uh tony hawk (laughs) three i believe it was they added reverts Mm-hmm. And so this will have reverts and manuals so that you will be able to actually have infinite combos like you could in the later uh, Tony Hawk games. So that's cool. People seem to be weirdly upset about that. But like, if you don't want to do a manual, just don't fucking do a manual. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, so that that's cool because it means that they are thinking about like later players of the series and just making it a more fun experience overall they're like revamping the create a skater and create a park function. So people can still create uh, their own skate park and shit like that. The soundtrack is almost entirely intact. They actually put out the soundtrack today. Oh, really? Uh, there, there are six songs that are missing three from uh, Tony Hawk one and three from Tony Hawk two. And uh, the only one I remember was a, I think it was a most deaf rap song, which is kind of a bummer. But most of the other ones, like the songs that people remember being in those games, like the Dead Kennedys and Goldfinger and stuff like that, like those are in there. So, I, I mean, I think that people will be super excited to play these again. Yes, I, uh, I, I'm. It's probably going to be one of the few games I actually pre-order this year, just because I'm going to want to <laughs> yeah. get in there and. And get into that warehouse as soon as I can. But they said and, that was only digital only, right? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, so, like, I don't know if, like, pre-ordering on Amazon is going to be an, enough to get the code. Yeah, and it is, uh, it's like Spyro and Crash where, where the it launches at 40 bucks for the regular edition. Oh. So, that's cool. Yeah, that is, I didn't hear that, so that's... Yeah. that's really good news as well yeah there is like a hundred dollar edition with a bunch of like weird extra shit and like other skaters and stuff or something but i i think that's cool because it's like it's something that a lot of people want to buy and that's a solid price point for an hd remaster that seems like they're doing a lot too so yeah that that's a great price so yeah Oh, and then this one, I was very excited about this, but you know who wasn't? Everyone on the internet. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, how could you not watch? How could you watch that and not be like impressed and excited? I don't know. I watched. I looked at Twitch chat, which is usually a toxic wasteland. I, but people yeah. were just like, where's the video games? <laughs> it was like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> so Unreal Engine 5 was unveiled, uh, which was another uh, Summer Games Fest thing on Jeff Keighley's Game Awards channel. 
mm-hmm. and it's basically it is the newest version of the Unreal Engine, which most games that came out on the past two generations of consoles either ran on Unreal Engine 3 or Unreal Engine 4. And so, like, when I think about, like, the future of what I want to see games look like, like, this is that. The demo that they showed, I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but they they claim it was real gameplay. Whether or not you believe that is up to you and (laughs) whatever. But it was, like, it was an in-engine demo, not, like, a pre-rendered thing. Which parts of it, you could definitely tell it was running in-engine. And, um... It just looks like they show off the way lighting can work in dynamic ways. They showed the ways that like you can scan in photorealistic textures and fucking then just map them hundreds of times. Like when they show that one statue and they're like, you see the detail on this? Mm-hmm. There's like a hundred in the next room. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're like th- there's like three million polygons or whatever. Yeah, and then so like that that kind of stuff. The when they throw around the polygon number, that's probably super meaningless for a lot of people. But it that also shows off like the scene at the end, which I think was uh, not controlled by the player in any way, where she's like running around, like falling down to get to that portal at the end, right? the amount of data that would have to be coming off of the hard drive to make that happen is absurd. Uh, and I, I had to look it up afterwards. The amount of data that can come off the PS five's hard drive in one second, if it is compressed is nine gigabytes. Okay. Which is fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, and uncompressed it's like five and a half. So, still like hard hard, regular hard drives can reach nowhere near that right so that is going to be buck wild what i'm scared about is file sizes or game sizes now so game sizes look like they'll be crazy and the other thing that a lot of people are bummed out about was that demo was running at 30 frames a second which i mean like you're always going to have to have that it's either going to be pushing the graphics to the limits or like taking the graphics back a little bit. And well, so it can can go either way. They just wouldn't have to render it at 4k. Like if it was rendered at 1080p, then well, that's my point. I mean, like, like we're just not there to have it 4k and like 60 frames per second or 120 frames. Well, I I think most of the textures in that were 8k. So (laughs) exactly. Like things just look. Yeah. Which I mean, did you watch it on? twitch or did you watch it on youtube uh i watched it on twitch so it did not have the 4k option i see i went on their website and watched it on there because i had they had like a oh yeah where it's not as like youtube compressed or anything and it just looks Mm -hmm. just crazy oh yeah it looks ridiculous even with it compressed so i that's the kind of thing that gets me excited especially because a lot of the tools that they talked about. So the, the, I could have done without the 800 minute interview at the end where I kind of just zoned out after a certain point, but like the way they were talking about how a lot of those tools can make things easier for artists Mm -hmm. uh, in the future, that stuff sounds really cool. Yeah. I, I, instead of watching all that, I just kind of watched, um, switched over to like an outlet talking about it. And they actually had like one of the people working there used to be a programmer. And he was talking about exactly that. Like he was saying like people who don't program don't fully understand like how much easier this is going to be for people 
to because like what you have to do is you have to like make you make like a model and then you have to down res it, it, it into like the game engine so like the PlayStation 4 can can use it and then you go through and then you just kind of you, you mess around with it and just make it look as good as it possibly can look now you'll take all that out and you can just kind of like design this model and just stick it right into the game so it it seems like it's just going to speed up the process of making games and just make things a lot easier so yeah and i i had been meaning to watch the digital foundry video of it because i guess they had hands-on with it right uh, but i did not end up I, I didn't have enough time to end up watching it so which i did post uh i don't know if you saw it but they they digital foundry did say it was supposed to be playable at gdc yeah i saw i saw that and so that 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 would have been crazy yes <laughs> Um, a couple things launch like alongside that um, the royalty fees are being waived for the first 1 million of in-game revenue uh, that are being made on Unreal Engine right now. And so that that's a cool thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then they also launched their online services thing, which they had talked about for years now, but it's basically like a free development thing that allows developers access to the their matchmaking servers, like leaderboards, uh, voice chat parties, achievements, and like the crossplay that Fortnite has. So that, in theory, will also be allowed to be used by developers that are not using the Unreal Engine. Right. So it is, and because it's that's entirely free, it's possible that way more games will just end up being crossplay by default. Yeah, that's true. And so, the, just that that kind of st- integration stuff is cool. I think this this also makes me wonder if we're going to see a lot more. Either Unity is going to bounce back and like have their have their own program like this, at least with like the one million, or if we're going to see a lot more indies on Unreal. Yeah, I wonder. Um, there are also like all kinds of weird Unreal licensing terms that are not necessarily clear for like the general public, right? So it it could be that there are other, some other weird reasons not to use Unreal over Unity. Um, poss- possibly ease of use, even though the ease of use is only going uh, up for Unreal. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, who knows? Which, I mean, we're not even getting the Unreal 5 isn't even until 2021. So, yeah, we're a couple years away from games looking like that. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the saddest part is I I was watching that and I kind of want to get the game, but I realized that's just like a tech demo and not a real game that's in development. I saw a lot of people saying, like, <laughs> they really want that to be a game. Yes. <laughs> So maybe they'll see that and then be like, oh, you know, I mean, we could do that, I guess. I just don't think like that doesn't seem like what Epic does anymore. No, it doesn't. But I mean, hey, you never know. No, you don't. But... Now that they got that Fortnite money, they do whatever they want. See, I just don't, I do they even have any other. It's just them working on Fortnite and. And I assume that's all like their development team is doing. I don't even know if they're working on any other games or anything. So. No, because they were making that new Unreal Tournament and then they canceled that. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, obviously they don't have gears anymore. So yeah, I'm just trying to think like when if they've ever made like a single player driven game before. 
Um, I mean, other than Gears, no. I mean, yeah, Gears had multiplayer, but like, but that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Gears always had like multiplayer and you know, like the horde mode and co-op and everything. So I don't think they've ever made just like a single player linear adventure. Yeah, not that I can. Because before that, they were always of. known for their PC multiplayer. Um, unless they did. Uh, oh, that. shit. Uh, Shadow Complex. Okay. Damn Shadow Complex, which is a very good Metroidvania, in <laughs> fact. But that's probably over 10 years ago by now. Uh, yeah, it would have been 2009. So, so yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if it, that's probably, like, the only real one other than, like, older shit, like Jazz Jackrabbit. Yeah, like back that, when, but, like, like, online like, didn't even exist. Fucking, like, 1994. <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that was a super cool thing, and, like... Yeah. That will be exciting when games can start to use that. Obviously, Fortnite is transitioning to that. So, right. Fortnite will have the hot Unreal 5 action. Which, last week, you were complaining that everything shown at the Xbox, like, none of it got you excited for next-gen and showed what next-gen can do. And then they showed this, like, a few days later. And it's like, I know, oh. and it was like, man... And so, the other thing that... Uh, there was a rumor that Sony is doing a reveal event for the ps5 on june 4th okay and the rumor of that is that they will have a fuckload of games so i who knows what'll happen with that my favorite (laughs) since we're talking about sony did you see all the people that are like suck it xbox look at what sony has and it's like guys that was (laughs) what that was very weird because If you if you watched the interview, the mm-hmm. amount of times that Tim Sweeney said Sony and PlayStation Five was right. really bizarre, and it was obviously like a thing where they had made some type of marketing deal, right? But it was like, man, you guys are trying so fucking hard for this, but like anyone who is under the illusion that this is not also coming to the <laughs> Xbox is a fucking moron. Xbox and also like PC games. Yeah, also like... PC. Like it was yeah, it, it, <laughs> they even said it would run on the Switch, right? right? So like it's just one of those things where people were like, Yeah, suck it. And I saw like <laughs> some Xbox guy getting really weirdly mad because people were like saying, Oh, Sony's won this. I guess it was announced that Senua's Sacrifice 2 or whatever is runs on Unreal 5. Oh, really? Yeah, so like they worked with Epic to make it look like that, which now makes me wonder if those things that looked like pre-rendered cutscenes were actually in engine for that. Well, something uh, like yeah, that was a weird trailer. I'd have that to- was a weird trailer, but it so apparently that runs on Unreal Five. So like, yes, Xbox will get that as well. <laughs> Well, if that's the case, then Senua's Sacrifice is definitely not coming out. Oh, year. I did. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a launch title at all. I mean, there was I mean, they, did, they also didn't show it at the their thing. You know what I mean? But that but that was all third party stuff. Oh, you're right. Fuck. Yeah. So I guess maybe we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably see it in, in July. July. There's yeah. no way they show it at the Game Awards in 2019, but then like, <laughs> don't show it again at their event. Yeah. The next one, I I don't I don't know if you're excited for this or not. I am excited for this only because I just 
I I don't know. It, it looks more like a return to the like fun charm quirkiness of previous Paper Mario games. So right. Nintendo just threw this shit out in the morning on Twitter, Twitter direct right to you. Uh, Paper Mario, the origami King is coming out on July 17th on the switch. And uh, it looks like it has a uh, weird puzzle slash turn-based RPG battle system. Like you, the enemies are all on moving pieces and then you can like move them around to try to hit them in a row. And I, I don't know. It looks fine. Um, but the thing that I was, my main takeaway is not every character is a toad. Mm-hmm. There are like, I, I don't know. A bunch of things are following Mario in that trailer. There's a weird origami dude. There's like Bowser folded into a square, uh, a shy guy, a toad, uh, um and actually so one thing that i saw today was there was a chinese trailer for this game that was slightly different and it showed a toad in battle with mario okay uh and then now that video is mysteriously removed from the internet so (laughs) i don't know it was like very very slightly different and it was just that there was like this toad that kind of looked like a captain toad knockoff with like explorer gear who was like angry looking behind Mario in the battle. So it seems like there may actually be like partners in the battle and stuff. Uh, well, like why else would it just seems weird? Cause like in all the scenes, they showed one or two people running along with him. They did. Yeah. And then in all the battle scenes and stuff, they did not show a character. So I don't know if no. they're like waiting for reveals on, Hey, this is Billy Bob Thornton, the shy guy. So that they can have trailers for each one. I have no idea. Yeah. But that, yeah, I don't know. There was a weird homage to Metroid at the end. So then people were like, Ooh, Metroid Prime 4. And I don't think that's what that was meant to be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it, so like if reading the dialogue and stuff, like it looks fun and it seems like it has that same like sense of like humor that the other games have, except now that it's not just Toads. Right. And so the other thing that made like color splash specifically a bummer was that battle system was fucking just brutally boring. So this looks to be cooler than that. I mean, there's no real way to know until there's like an actual breakdown trailer. The only battle footage they really have is like a 40 second Japanese only video that is just like him jumping on a row of toads. So until there's more knowledge about that stuff, I mean, we won't know any specifics, but it, it looks cool to me like i'm excited to play it i guess right like i i mean i i don't go into anything being like i hope i hate this so i (laughs) i mean it's it it's one of those things where it's like i didn't expect nintendo to put out a goddamn thing this summer really so that that's cool that that's like a bigger thing that they can put out yes and i mean this will be the first paper mario that you've played in because you didn't play Color Splash. And did you no, play I didn't play Color Splash. I did not play Sticker Star on 3DS. Uh, yeah, the last one would have been Super Paper Mario on the Wii. So, And I, I really like Super Paper Mario, so I, I hope this is closer to that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, you'd probably prefer uh, more like Thousand Year Door, but... Yeah, I mean, I at this point, I don't know that paper mario has to be an rpg like as long as it's a fun game like who who gives a shit like is if it's if it's got that charm and it is fun i'm, I'm down to play i mean sure but like 
there's something like there's something unique about like the Paper Mario series that no one's really copied except for that Bugtales game that you played <laughs> that you did not like. No, I could not stand Bug Fables at the end or of it. Bug Fables, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm optimistic. I it looks really cool. Um, so I I hope that it turns out to be very good and that people like it. Uh, there was another Nintendo leak that has been being corroborated by numerous people. Okay. And th- that is that uh, Pikmin 3 is going to get a definitive edition release on the Switch. Oh. And th- the rumor is that it has been done for months. <laughs> and so they're probably just going to like drop it randomly over the summer. That's weird. And like numerous people have said that it is a thing. So I just I wonder if that was going to be like a e3 hey this is the thing and it's out now oh yeah that would but now they said they're not doing an e3 now they said they're not doing that so it'll probably just come out this summer so it seems like it's not as bare i would assume i but i mean that could not be real for all i know but it it seems like it would be it's also one of the only like first party nintendo games that has not been ported to the switch so you know someone actually i just thought of it someone has my copy of that game for the wii u i should get that back I like Pikmin 3. It's very good. The most realistic fruit of any video game ever. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, and then they like crush it and it makes it into juice. It looks so good. Now I want lemonade. Fuck. I can make lemonade. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll bring it over. <laughs> All right, sweet. I'll, I'll just leave it in front of your door. <laughs> leave it in front of the door, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that that's cool nintendo's got some stuff coming out i look forward to seeing whatever the fuck they're gonna do now that they're probably not gonna have some type of e3 nintendo direct thing i mean i mean obviously not if they're gonna fucking put this paper mario out on a random wednesday morning you know what i mean i feel like they have to have uh, but maybe they don't they don't need to do the the nintendo directs i don't know yeah i I mean because like the Pokemon first part of the Pokemon DLC comes out in June. Then Paper right. Mario would come out in July. Uh, if they do put out Pikmin, then they would probably come out in like August. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Depends if they have like a lot of stuff in the hopper or if uh, COVID has changed a lot of their plans or anything. Yeah. Which I don't know if you saw, but Phil Spencer was saying this week that we're going to see the fallout of COVID next year of like all these things getting delayed. He thinks like 2021, we're going to see some game. Like we're going to see a lot of like, like what, like we're getting right now. We're going to see a lot of just like dead times next year. Yeah. I would assume that that would be the case, which makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. Okay. So our last thing here, I did not watch this. Oh, really? I, I opted to watch, uh, Gary Witta's Animal Crossing talk show Animal Talking where he had guests Danny Trejo and Elijah Wood mm-hmm. uh, so I watched that instead last night um, the only thing I saw is that you can pet a fox in Ghosts of Tsushima well I, I guess I'll just kind of go through then what what this what it did show uh, yeah. they started out just kind of showing like exploration in the world mm-hmm. where if you like you set a waypoint and instead of it just like having a point on a map and then you just kind of going there, they'll have like the wind blow and that'll kind of direct you to where you need to go. 
or sometimes like a bird will fly in and then you can just follow the bird and then maybe it'll take you to a secret location or maybe you just start running along and you see a fox and you just start following the fox and it'll once again like the bird will just kind of take you to like some random place on the map and kind of like show you something new so they they really kind of sat down and tried to come up with different ways to do exploration rather than setting a waypoint and then just following it on like the the mini map in the lower right hand corner yeah which i I think you'll probably like because that is like the one thing that you hate above all else yeah that sounds pretty cool so So, yeah i would recommend at least just checking out the first couple no i'll definitely check out the whole thing i just hadn't and they really kind of just broke it down into like different uh like segments and then then they went into uh combat the samurai style combat which mm-hmm. it is very much just like that old school like samurai movie combat okay where you just kind of line up one versus one and then they they just do the quick slice and one hit and they're dead type of thing nice. it was very slow and methodical and i was not into it at all you may be more into it. I that just, sounds so tight. So I am in. Oh yeah, like I just don't like slow methodical uh combat, so I Yeah. And then after which the way they show this is he goes you they went into like a camp and they're gonna clear out a camp a lot like a Ubisoft game would be. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they were like, Okay, now we're going to show the ghost style combat, which is basically stealth. Yeah. And then you, they do the same exact uh, camp, but at night, and you're you're moving around and just being all stealthy, and uh, it just seem it does seem like they came up with some interesting, uh, like some interesting ideas, but it, it very much reminds me of like Assassin's Creed stealth type of thing. Yeah, that's what I figured. It would be similar to that. So like it, it does seem like the game's going to give you the option of samurai style or what they're calling ghost style, where like the samurai is very like, uh, okay. Samurais are all like, uh, I'm trying to think like, like honorable direct. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah exactly. They're honorable. Yeah, yeah. And then the ghost style is the dishonorable style. Okay. Yeah. And I was much more into the ghost style than the, <laughs> the samurai style. So this is kind of, this is kind of a random aside, but did you see that they said in uh, Valhalla that they brought back the one hit kills yes. from previous games? Yes. I wonder how that will change that I dynamic. Not much because it was in Origins. It just wasn't in Odyssey. Oh, okay. So it, it, people are making a big deal out of that. And it's just like, it wasn't in one of their games. Well, I didn't know that it wasn't in both. Cause I, both of them have like RPG elements with like armor and stuff. Yes. Uh, Odyssey was definitely much more of the RPG uh, origins. It, it was much more like it, it was kind of a mix between RPG and old school Assassin's Creed, but it did have okay. the hidden blade and stuff. So interesting. Yeah. And the ghost style, it actually showed double assassinations at one point. So Ooh. I, I did like that. Nice. And then they went into just charms, which are just basically like uh, perks or whatever. You just kind of get okay. little upgrades that you can you can upgrade and then they showed armor customization and different armor sets have different like boosts and perks and stuff. So it's not just going to be the way you look, but like if you're going to go for the more samurai style, you'll probably wear a certain type of armor. And then if you're going to go the more ghost, you'll wear a different type type of armor. Okay. 
and then they just kind of ended it showing just like a couple weird things like one of the weirdest is they have this one cinematic mode that you can play the entire game in and the entire game would be in black and white oh it's to like be like old samurai movies like yeah that's weird they they have that option also they have the option that you can um have japanese from the for the entire game and then just have like english subtitles so yeah i will probably do that it always feels so that's one of the things that i feel like it always feels weird to me is like when it is very clearly like a japanese person in a, in japan and then it's like they're speaking in an english voice i always find so like i played sekiro with the japanese voices mm-hmm. as well so this seems like the kind of thing where i do that it's the same thing like with yakuza like i feel like it would just be so weird you know what i mean well does it bother you with assassin's creed with Assassin's Creed, I guess I would prefer it if it was in the language of the place it was in. You know what I mean? Well, that, I'm just kind of wondering because, like, um, with like uh, Odyssey, they had they brought in Greeks and they had that Greek accent. Yeah, and so like in Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood uh, and whatever the third one was, they had Italian, uh, like pretty good Italian approximations. Yes, the weird so- one is Unity. <laughs> where they didn't think people would like French accents, so then they brought in people with British accents. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting design decision, I would say, on with Unity. Yeah. It's just one of those things where sometimes it causes like a weird dissonance in my mind, where it's right. like, ah, uh, this person would not be this way. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's cool, though, for people who want to go either route. Yeah, yeah. There, it does seem like there's a lot of options, and it's an 18 minute trailer. And I was like, "Oh man, that's going to sound lengthy," but it moved along pretty quickly. So, yeah, I would assume that like with showing that many systems and things, mm-hmm. especially since they've never really shown gameplay before, quote unquote. Well, it, they did. It probably just was. They did a little bit. Yeah, it was like that was weird because that the one time I couldn't tell if it was like actual gameplay or like what was happening because yeah they went to that house right yes like they yeah yeah that was at e3 right that was e3 like 2017 or 18 i think yeah which they've been working on this game since 2014 at least i would guess so yeah yeah definitely but like like it or not it does feel like assassin's creed japan in in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah so we'll see i i mean it 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 has always looked pretty interesting to me right i mean that's not to say like i don't think assassin's creed looks uninteresting like i'm interested in valhalla and i will probably end up playing that too so well i mean like it's like horizon zero dawn is assassin's creed but in but you fight robot animals robots yeah, yeah. I I don't mean that in like a negative sense. I'm just saying like it's definitely that style of open world. It seems. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody's been asking for Assassin's Creed Japan, and Sucker <laughs> Punch is giving us giving us that. So. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's all the news. Unless you have something else you want to talk no, about. No, I think think that's it. Unless you want to talk about the Smurfs game, you know, mm. a very exciting announcement. I don't really have a lot to say about the Smurfs. <laughs> Me either. So. I've actually never seen a movie or TV show, so You've I've... never seen an episode of the Smurfs? No. It's not great. It doesn't I, hold up uh, in 2020, yeah. 
it didn't really seem like something I would like, so I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would enjoy it now. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about Rakukuin? Yeah, Rakuen. Um, so this this is a game that came out in 2017. Okay. And I bought it then, and I just never ended up playing it. I the only reason I ended up playing it was because I was I went to Twitch and the person who made the game was on the front page. Uh, I can't think of her real name, but uh, her Twitch screen name is Super Shigi. And she uh, does a bunch of uh, composing stuff. So she like does video game stuff. She actually worked with Yasunori Mitsuda to produce the arrangements of the Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross music that I saw in Japan. Do you mind if I stop you for one second? Yeah. Speaking of composer, did you hear Mick Gordon and Bethesda has had a falling out? And he's yeah, they are. They're, yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, he. I mean, they mixed his stuff. He was like responding to Twitter DMs a lot of months ago, saying like, "No, I will never work with Bethesda again." Yeah, that's so. That's a bummer. That is a massive bummer. I just can't imagine Doom Three without without him. Yeah, and I wonder if it's Bethesda as a publisher, or if it was like something that ID did. I it, no, it's it weirdly like it's... unclear. It seems like it's Bethesda altogether because they also he okay. also did work on Wolfenstein. So, and then he like was going to try to release his original mixes of the music on his own. It's a very weird scenario. Yeah. Um. But so back yeah, to I, Raccoon. Yeah, she she did she did some of the arrangements of the concert I went to see in Japan. Um, and. I I was watching her and I was like, this is weird. It says she's like a developer as well. And so then I went in and Rakuen was the game that she had made. And I was like, oh, fuck, I owned this. I should try to play it. So it is a game made in RPG maker, but it is not an RPG. It's closer to like a an old school adventure game where you just like walk around, talk to people to pick up stuff to figure out puzzles and things. So the concept is you are a boy who is unnamed. They actually refer to him as like boy and all of his like weird character portrait dialogue. Uh, And he has some type of illness and he is in a uh, Japanese hospital. And For some reason, he is not allowed to leave, but his mom comes to visit him quite often and she reads him uh, to him from this book called Rakuen, which is about a magical forest spirit named Mori Zora and his forest. And the whole thing is like he will grant wishes to people who are good of heart. Um, if they like come and hang out with him as in his forest or whatever. And so you are in this hospital and you are on the, like this wing where it's basically people who have like unrecoverable illnesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's like a dude with uh, Alzheimer's. There is uh, like, like radiation poisoning. I think all kinds of weird shit. And it is just, it's pretty depressing. Like, cause the whole concept is you get to know these people. But what ends up happening is he finds a magical door to the forest from his storybook. And so like you're exploring this weird alternate world and the hospital, like you go back and forth and the characters are both in the hospital and then they have like a weird fantasy representation in the other world. And so like 
solving issues in the weird magical fantasy world will help them out in real life and vice versa. So like sometimes there are plants in the hospital and like if you water them, they'll grow. And then in the magical world, there will be this like huge beanstalk or whatever. And you can climb that to get to a new area. Um, it's not super deep gameplay. It's just basically like, hey, pick up these items to so that you can access a new area right. or like talk to this person in this order or whatever. And it's it's got this weird charm. I'm like an hour away from the ending. I played for like seven ish hours. I think it's eight total. So I'm right near the end. Uh, it goes back and forth. So like some of the things are really cool and you like live the flashbacks of the people who are in the hospital. Uh, it's a little bit inconsistent, I think, in the writing and puzzle solving. Like the beginning, their puzzle solving was super at the front of it. And like now at the end, I feel like I'm more or less just like watching cutscenes of stuff, which like isn't that bad because uh, some of the puzzles were not my favorite thing in the world. Right. Uh, but I yeah, I don't know. And it's one of those things where you don't know if the boy is like imagining all of this or not. And so I I wonder if it's going to be one of those like crushingly sad endings where he is like you find out that he's been dying this whole time or some weird shit. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just like a fun, interesting game. Like it's one of those things where normally I could see a game that looks like it was made an RPG maker and I go, oh, I know exactly what this is. Right. <laughs> and it's just something completely different, which is which is interesting. It does have all of the issues that go with being an RPG maker game. Like there are literally no options. So like you can't change the resolution or like the sound or the control or anything. So that's a bit of a pain in the ass and uh, RPG maker games are not meant to go to super high resolutions. So I'm playing it on my 55 inch TV. (laughs) And so like, as someone who has made a lot of RPG maker stuff and like messed around with it, you can tell when there are like multiple things triggering at once, it will start to slow down on my TV (laughs) just because it's like, Oh fuck, I'm trying to do this stuff and output this resolution that I'm not meant to output. Like there's no way in which this should run poorly, but it's just because I'm trying to play it on something I should not be really. Right. So that that's been kind of weird, but. Other than that, I don't know. It's just like a fun indie game experience that I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll try something different for like eight hours. And it's, I I don't know how it's going to turn out in the end, but I've enjoyed my time with it, I think. Now, how do you have it? Do you have your computer hooked up to your TV or is it on like PlayStation? Uh, I have my laptop hooked up to my TV generally. <laughs> oh, um, right. And so this the requirements to run an RPG Maker game are non-existent. So I've just been playing it and then using my 8-bit dough adapter to use my PS4 controller. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I forgot about your laptop, which, I mean, it's not a great laptop, but... No, guess... it's like seven, eight years old at this point, I think. Right, so. but it's just barely good enough to, to play... I mean that the the game maker engine like the RPG game maker engine is pretty old itself, isn't it? Yeah, the, so there are newer versions of it. This one was definitely made in the one that I used, the 2003 version. So <laughs> yeah, I mean like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean it can, it can play on probably anything. Uh, and yeah, it's one of the few examples of like an RPG maker game that uh, someone was able to put out and like people liked it quite a bit from what I saw. Uh, Like I remember the reason I ended up seeing it initially was I think it was before Arthur geese left polygon. He gave it five out of five stars. Oh, wow. So um, 
that's that's the only reason I looked at it and was like, wait, really? I have heard no one talk about this. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh, that seems like something I'd be interested in. So I bought it back then while it was on sale and I just never ended up playing it until now. So is the music pretty good? Uh, it's fine. Oh, I was just I, wondering because like it seems like she's best known for her music. So. Yeah, she's like a really good composer. I don't necessarily none of the stuff particularly stands out to me as being like really cool. Uh, so the the main thing that I think is interesting is you are uh, the forest guardian Morizora is asleep and you need to like play some song to wake him up. Right. And so basically each person in the hospital you help at the end, you learn a piece of this song. And so that song, when they sing it is uh, like it, it is the actual song. So like someone is singing it mm-hmm. and like that, that part is good and cool so i'm interested to see when the whole song comes together at the end but like other than that it just sounds like the background music sounds just like generic rpg fantasy time music to me at least yeah so i don't know that's all i got um i've been just playing through spider-man yeah and uh while i was playing that i've been going and thinking like oh maybe this is better than sunset overdrive (laughs) So then I started playing Sunset Overdrive again. Yeah. So I've been playing through those, which let me tell you, Manny, they did not uh, plan out Sunset Overdrive very well for replaying that game. You have one save slot and that's it. Yeah. There's no new game plus or anything. And so like if you want to replay that game, you have to delete the the save file. But then you'd have to go in and then delete the save file in the um, in the cloud as well. Oh, and I didn't know how to get to there. But they do have it kind of set up where you can just replay all the missions and everything. Hmm. So then I've just been kind of replaying missions in my main save. Um, as I've been play- replaying the two, I do think Spider-Man is probably better interesting so yeah i used to say sunset overdrive was better but i'm starting to think now that i'm playing both side <laughs> by side i still think the com- combat's better in, <coughs> in sunset overdrive but mm. spider-man's just a better package all around yeah because you know better characters better story yes <coughs> uh better score yeah uh, better worlds um, I think I like the traversal a little more in Spider-Man as well. So it's just like, okay, the, the it's starting to stack up against Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> but I still love Sunset Overdrive. I still think. No, yeah, cool. what I what I played of it, I had a very good time. So, but yeah, um, I'm enjoying both of them. Definitely putting more time into Spider-Man. It was more just to kind of jump back into Sunset Overdrive and just replay some of it. But yeah. Uh, I'm about four trophies away from uh, f- from the platinum. Nice. At this point, I just need to 100%. So I need to get all the crimes, do a couple, you know, finish up a couple of the camps. Mm-hmm. And then what's going to be hard for me is doing the suits, getting all the suits. Uh... Don't you just get enough of the currency by doing all the puzzles? Well, you have to like not only just do the challenges, but you have to like do well at them and not just. Get oh, you're right. Yeah. So there are you don't have to get gold on every one, but I'm going to have to go back and redo those and yeah, and get a few 
because otherwise I'm going to be like two suits short. I uh, gotcha. Yeah, I just remember thinking like, oh, fuck, do I have to do all of these? And then I realized there you can not you don't have to get gold on a handful. Mm-hmm. So. It does seem like it's one of the better platinums to get. So, yeah, because like it's not one of those where it's like you have to play this game on the hardest difficulty to get that one trophy. Because I would probably consider doing that with Uncharted, but I do not want to play those games on like brutal. Uh, yeah, I, I got the platinum in Uncharted three. And I assume and playing in brutal I, was not fun. No, especially at the end with those stupid, weird supernatural enemies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and nothing fun. There's nothing fun about that. Like, no, that part sucked shit. So, and, and no, I, like I, it, I, can, I cannot recommend. I feel like that just kind of like ruins your experience with the game a little bit. And like, yeah, it was you, like one weekend when I was at college, and like all of the people that I would hang out with were like had gone home or something. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I don't know. I'll watch video guides on where the treasures I missed were as I go through hard mode. I don't know. Yeah, that does. That just doesn't sound a lot of fun to me. It wasn't very fun, but mm-hmm. I have that now. So, right. Which I mean, you were also in college where you did, you had access to less games and yeah, like stuff. I didn't have access to much else that in my room then. So I was right. like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do this, I guess. So that I mean, like in that sense, it makes sense. It's just that, like, that's kind of one of my rule of thumbs is I'll I'll go for most trophies if I have the time, but mm. I will never go for the difficulty ones just because, like, that just I don't want to, you know, just frustrate myself to the point where like I hate a game because I'm having to play it on the hardest difficulty. Yeah, it depends. I've only done ones that require that a handful of times, mm-hmm. and usually I have to really like the game to right. play it again. <laughs> So. Yeah, and that's why I'm surprised you did three instead of two. But I'm guessing you just didn't have access to two. Uh, I, yeah, I don't own two. Oh, or, really? So, yeah. I rented two the one I beat it. Oh, okay. Back in the heyday of Hollywood video. Oh, but you, yeah, I were had, you in college when you rented it? Mm, yes. Hmm. It was, I was home for some break. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I was thinking you were up in college and you went to like a Hollywood video up there. No, it was the one that was right down the street from my house at the time. It was mm. like right when I. It was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't one. remember. I did. I didn't play it like right when it came out. It must have been that Christmas or something. Because I remember it was the second game I played on my uh, my first HD TV. So I'm just trying to think. Uncharted Two came out in October of '09. I mean, yes, I must a, have played it in December or November. I mean, you may have played it for Thanksgiving yeah, break, possibly. I would guess one of those two. But yeah, it was the second game I ever had like played on my HD TV, and there was actually something wrong with it. I don't remember. I had to like look it up. Your HD TV or the the game? Uh, the game with the HD TV? Like there was a, it would like cut out video at a certain point. And it was like some weird, unique problem. It was mm. very weird, but I fixed it. So, so. That must have looked incredible at the time. Yeah, it was wild because the only game I had played other than that was uh, Arkham Asylum. So, 
Although that that's a pretty good looking game too. So. That was a good looking game too. Yeah, but Uncharted Two at that time was like, holy shit, this is well, and much more colorful. Arkham Asylum's very <laughs> yeah, not very colorful, very drab. So like playing Uncharted Two and like globe trotting around the world and seeing all these colors. I mean, it must have just been mind blowing at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like what I'm dealing with now, or because I, as you know, I just bought the 4K TV. Yeah, you just bought a 4K TV that you couldn't even fit in your car. <laughs> No, that was that was not great planning on my part. And a, a part of it was because, like, I'm just stupid. And so I was like, <laughs> my goal is to just get the same size TV I had because I just felt like it was a good size for my living room, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I thought I had a 55-inch TV, so that's what I bought. And I was just like, nope, I don't have – this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, it's not a case where I was like, 50. I need the bigger TV. I just – I just didn't know of what size TV I had. <laughs> Which you have. That's a cool. So are, are you liking it? Oh yeah, I love it. It's. Yeah. It, I mean, playing playing Spider Man, just being like, oh my god, everything just looks so much better. <laughs> Even though, like, I'm obviously not playing it in 4K because I don't have the PS4 Pro. Oh, the Pro, yeah. But like even then, it's still getting upresed and just like all the colors look sharper and everything because because I I mean that TV I have it. It's a twelve-year-old, you know, TV. It was mm-hmm. one of the first like flat screens or whatever you want to call it. It's probably just as old as your as the TV you have. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the technology. I mean, I, it got to a point where I was like, "All right, I'm ready to upgrade and get a 4K TV." And now they're like very reasonably priced. I mean, it was three hundred dollars for a fifty-five-inch 4K TV. Oh shit! Damn. Yeah. I was like, mine was my fifty was three hundred, but that was on a Black Friday deal. So yeah, like now you just go to like Best Buy and like they they have three hundred dollar TVs. So mm-hmm. sweet, yeah. Well, I think that lets us get into the part three here, which is Ubisoft today. Yes, which I think I went through and counted. I played half of these, and Ooh. we established that you played like five of them. So. Yes. Uh, uh, the first game is Anno, which I don't know if you're too familiar with this series. They are like city builders. Yes, like PC city builders, which it like I don't think Ubisoft advertises these at all. Like I don't think they've ever been at like an E3 press conference or anything. Uh, I don't recall. I one of them was. I don't know if it was okay. This new one, I. Hang on, I have a. I, the numbers are all supposed to add up to something. What? The the Anno numbers, you mean? Yes, they all like. There's a reason that they are the numbers they are. And I, I thought cannot, it was just like the year. No, I mean it is, but there is like a reason why they are the specific years. Because like before, they they were like futuristic, and then they, the most recent one was like uh, set in like the industrial era. Uh, but I have never heard that they were the, the the numbers actually have like some like deeper meaning. That's interesting. Yes, they all add up to nine. So oh, yeah, that, this okay. is so yeah, it's fourteen oh four, twenty seventy, twenty two oh five, and eighteen hundred. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, why. I I don't remember. I that was like a weird trivia thing that stuck out of my brain. It was like, oh, I know something about this. Okay, that, that, that and I, I yes, I I do not know why they do that, but that is the case. 
but yeah, they're like uh, PC city builders. Uh, I don't think either of us have had any experience with them. Uh, no, but... I generally don't play a lot of those. Yeah, so like they did uh, twenty two oh five, and then as we said, the the eighteen. I put eighteen eighty, but it's eighteen hundred because yeah. that adds up to nine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's they're just as we said, they're just city builders. I do think it would be interesting if you're really into that, going from like a future like a a future city to one in the industrial era era. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now to get into their tentpole franchise assassin's creed they have released a lot of these this generation they have i forgot about the assassin's creed chronicles stuff Mm -hmm. uh you're the one who has much more experience with black flag so i'll let you take that one yeah black flag is probably actually my favorite assassin's creed game um it was the like well it was the last one i liked that i played um yeah i don't know it was just like i'd liked assassin's creed and then they were like hey man pirates and i was mm-hmm. like all right i'm in and yeah you play as an assassin in like the heyday of the pirates and you meet a lot of the more famous pirate figures like captain kid and blackbeard and shit like that um but it takes place in like the caribbean and it's so like the water is all super ridiculously blue and it has like vast gorgeous beaches and shit um it took the boat combat stuff that they had started in assassin's creed 3 but really fleshed it out to be a better system so like there were boat upgrades and stuff and you would have to sail from island to island uh they i don't know it just it had a lot of like charm and stuff where right. like you would get the sea shanties and then the, <laughs> the pirates would on your ship you could like change it like radio stations in a gta mm-hmm. game or some shit or it's like oh i don't like this sea shanty up on the d-pad change to a different one so like stuff like that was weird you'd have to like chase them around town uh so you would like see the piece of paper and it would like float around or whatever yeah, but other I, than that it, it was very much just like those old assassin's creed games like you just stab a dude and it had the free-flowing like combat so mm -hmm. if you got in a counter chain you would just one shot each person around you so it's like you were an unstoppable killing machine yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah this was one that i was a little disappointed in and i think part of it's just going back to a 2013 game Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've had seven years of innovation but like mm-hmm. i just did not like the mission like eight out of like it felt like eight of the first 10 missions were all just kind of like trailing missions and i just went i just don't have it in me too because like that's what i think you th- you remember the game in the open world and kind of forget like the first probably like four or five hours of that game i mean like every assassin's creed game was that at the time though. yes it was so like i just don't i just didn't don't enjoy that too much so i just kind of was like i don't have it in me too to do this although like yeah. i was disappointed because like an assassin's creed pirate game just sounds awesome mm-hmm uh now the chronicles i'll just kind of put them all together because i did i finished china and then india and russia were just more of the same and mm-hmm. they're they're like the 2d assassin's creed uh assassin's creed yes and like it's just kind of weird like playing like a stealthy game in like a 2d platformer 
and but that's what you were doing and like <laughs> they even incorporated like jumping from fall heights and landing or you know high heights and then falling into the to the hay and everything they did have like the charm and it was like interesting and fun at least china but like as i said like i got my fix in with china and then like india and russia were just more of the same and i was like i don't need more of this like i said the last time we talked about these i remember when they announced that they were going to do all three and i only remember anyone ever talking about the first one so i didn't even know that the other two had actually come out uh yeah you can buy it in a pack of like the chronicle yeah which like i know i i know that now but i just like when they came i have no idea what the other two came out because i feel i feel like they just like ceased to advertise it in any way it (laughs) was bizarre because i remember the first one and was like oh this actually looks kind of cool and they're like yeah there will be two more and then someone one day was like oh all three of these are available and i was like what when (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i i would assume that it probably didn't do super well for them or as well as they had planned initially I will tell you, I mean, they were like small spinoffs, so I don't know if they yeah. were planning them to do too well. Mm-hmm. Or at least that would be my guess. Yeah. Now, Unity, I actually just bought Unity, but I haven't mm-hmm. played it yet. Cause, so cause... I fucking hated this game mm-hmm. with what I would refer to as a burning passion. Uh I, I, it's much better now and like it is weird because there are very strong defenders of this game who claim that it is the best Assassin's Creed game. It's not just weird like a small contingency. I am uh, a subscriber of the Assassin's Creed subreddit and yeah. it is like pretty much agreed upon by most people that Unity is the best one. God, I just I fucking hate it. I think the main character sucks. I don't like this way the story is told. I just nothing about it appealed to me. I think that a reason that a lot of people liked it was because of the multiplayer missions. Right. Which I did not do. And this was the first this was, I think, where my height of open world uh, distaste came in. Mm hmm. And part so I think Unity is also emblematic of why I started to hate the Assassin's Creed storytelling, starting with Assassin's Creed Three. And it it's one of those things where it makes me feel like I'm blacking out intermittently as I play because it's just like they will refer to things that I was like, did this happen in the game? And like every cinematic seems like it's a bizarre jump cut. Mm. And it's just like it feels just like a weird, incomplete telling of a story that I guess I am supposed to infer the pieces of or something. And I guess I just I wasn't a big fan of like the the French Revolution as a time period piece right. that, that or makes anything sense as well. Yeah. Um. And so like but other than that, like it just is Assassin's Creed. Right. And right. so it's just like a stabby time. So th- I mean, at the time I played it, it was busted as fuck. And now they went back and fixed all that stuff. So I bet if you played it now and if you enjoyed the time period and the characters, it would be awesome, especially with people really like that multiplayer stuff, like working together on co-op missions and stuff. But that's not why I would go to an Assassin's Creed game. I mean, I played the multiplayer of what it used to be like in Brotherhood when they introduced that. 
but like there, yeah, there were co-op missions in unity. So people really like those. And I guess maybe people really like Arno as a character. I, I did not at all. Um, but other than that, like it's, there's, it's, it's just, I played it when it launched. So it was super busted and stuff. Whereas now it's totally fine. And it just is an Assassin's Creed game. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, as I said, like, um, cup, uh, last weekend I went on to the Xbox store and I usually just kind of check out what's on sale mm-hmm. and it was like a whole Assassin's Creed sale and oh, they yeah. had unity on sale for $8 and then Assassin's Creed rogue, which is the game that came out at the same yeah. time. They never, they really, I didn't play that because it was PS3, yes. Xbox 360 only at the time, but now they have that remastered version. Yes. I've always been curious as to like, if that's a pretty good game or not. Yeah, that was on sale for $12. Uh, the remaster was. So then for $20, I bought Unity and Rogue, and I'm probably going to just play those at some point here and try them out. Yeah, but I bet I bet Unity actually is very good now. So, yeah, so it's like it's one of those things where I definitely played it at the exact wrong time, <laughs> which was launch. Yeah, and like it just I don't know. Like I remember mm-hmm. playing the beginning and being like, "Oh, this seems fun and like fine." Mm-hmm. And then you would see the bugs, you'd be like, "Oh, those silly bugs." But then after like the hundredth time, or like when I would fail missions because of like busted scripting, I would be like, "Man, what the fuck is this?" And it was one of those things where it's like it wasn't their first game on the console. So it was like I I forgave it less, I guess. And it didn't feel like it was doing anything different or new either. So it's just one of those things where I was like, man, this is a bummer. But mm-hmm. yeah, now I, I see a lot of people talking about how they think it's the best game. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, I wonder if I revisited it now, if I would like it a lot more. I mean, I, I, I mean, just I think you would just minus the bugs even just like. It, yeah, it would like, be a better I, just, experience just minus the bugs. So. Just playing an Assassin's Creed game is fun enough. Right. You know what I mean? But then but, I mean, if I were if you were going to do that, I'd recommend just going to the next game we'll talk about, which is Syndicate. Yeah. Which I think might be my favorite like open world Ubisoft game this generation. Interesting. I just just the way the the because like the uh, the protagonist, you don't play as one, you play as two and they're twins. Yeah. And they do have like a good chemistry. I do prefer the female much better, but the the Fry mm-hmm. twins they're they're just fun protagonists who don't take things too seriously. So they're not just like self serious, boring characters. Mm-hmm. I think it's the just the perfect size open world, which I assume Unity's probably another one that's just it's just a city. Yeah. Uh, so like that always feels a little bit more manageable than like Origins and Odyssey, which we'll get to, which is just <laughs> just a huge large. area yeah yes. uh, so it's just like this very interesting city and i know you and i are both like the victorian era i think is just like a very cool time period yeah i mean especially for like an assassin's creed game i i remember mm-hmm. seeing syndicate when it was first released and it was or like announced and it was one of those things where it's like ooh, that's a time period i can really get behind like yes. when it's first being industrialized and stuff and like yeah i syndicate always looked really cool to me i just never ended up playing it yeah and it has the the grapple hook so you can just kind of grapple hook onto up onto buildings quickly and of course it's just got that like traditional assassin's creed uh, climbing where you can climb anything Mm -hmm. Uh, very very satisfying combat uh very uh satisfying stealth assassin's creed has great stealth as well where like 
it's it's that like you feel it's not just like a defensive stealth you're like uh, you're on the offense and you're just kind of picking off guys quickly and then when you eventually fuck up you're just like oh well now i'll just go into the combat which is also a lot of fun so that i think that's the mission i keep i keep thinking about in unity where it fucked up is one of the missions where you have to tail a guy forever Mm -hmm. and you can't fight anyone (laughs) oh yeah and so the scripting literally broke and the guy wouldn't walk forward anymore Mm. when i was like 10 minutes into this mission (laughs) Yeah, that's how. And then it happened twice, and I was like, "Man, what the fuck?" Ah. Uh, so yeah, like I do. I that is what I like about Assassin's Creed is when you don't have to necessarily be stealthy, and then yes. if you fuck up, it's fine. But there are definitely missions where that is not the case in those older Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, and but I think one... probably by Syndicate they learned their lesson. I would assume. Yes, and it's also really cool because like Assassin's Creed, like the big thing is like assassinating like the head guys. Mm-hmm. And so like there were these there would be these very unique missions where you would then it was like out of the open world and into this very condensed small area where it would be like a you go into a building and then you just kind of like make your way to that person. But the assassination would be more like um like Hitman mm-hmm. where you could like <clears throat> where there would be all these different uh uh, clues or whatever you can go do and then that'll slowly kind of take you to where you want to go and then you can stealthily take out the you know take out the person and assassinate them or if you wanted to you could just go sprinting in and just start murdering everyone and make your way to to that person as well so like i i found that element of the game very interesting and, and fun as well where they completely took that out in assassin's creed odyssey and origins so yeah i mean they just rebooted the franchise essentially yes. So. Uh, uh, and speaking of uh, origins and odyssey i mean origins <laughs> is the very interesting it, it, it's a really cool time period with egypt yeah for sure uh and i i do like the main character bayek mm-hmm. uh his tale is all it's just a revenge tale but i I when I think about these two games, I just kind of put them together, and I, I Odyssey is just like the better game in almost every way for me personally. The only thing that I think Origins is better at is just like it's a much more manageable sized world. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Odyssey, I always talk about uh, the size of Odyssey because it, I think it's the biggest open world game I've ever played. Yeah, I think it's even bigger than like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's a huge world. I. <laughs> Yes, it's it, maybe to its detriment. I, I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like those two games, they, they feel much more like RPGs where like you're picking up weapons, getting loot, getting better armor, getting better weapons. Um, uh, they do still have that like semi Assassin's Creed combat style where you are just kind of like attacking and countering. Mm-hmm. But I. I Odyssey feels better and I would even say like I think Syndicate feels better than Origins which I mean Syndicate and Odyssey were made by the same developers so to me that kind of makes sense yeah where Origins is made by the team that's making Valhalla yeah and but I, I I'm hoping that they've kind of taken some lessons from Odyssey and with, with Valhalla well but I mean like Odyssey is also one of those things where like it's the second game after a reboot. So yes. like, it's always just going to be the improvement upon that formula 
or you would at least hope that's the case. You would hope that's the case. I mean, with Ubisoft games, that's like always the case. I mean, I feel yes, like because yes. most most of their things they're pumping out yearly or they're just like small iterations or whatever. Right. So you would hope the hope that like the battle system would work better or that like, you know, the aspects like that, the core gameplay would just be better. Yeah. And as far as I understand, like they were making Origins and Odyssey side by side. They just took an extra year to work on Odyssey. And yeah. like, even though it is like one studio and another studio, I think like those studios are the origins team. Probably some of those people were working on Odyssey and vice versa. Well, yeah, because whenever Ubisoft says like, oh, the studio made it, I always like laugh a little bit because it's like, OK, well, 14 studios work on every Ubisoft game. Yes. <laughs> so like it's kind of like everybody's got their hands in it. So I think everybody works on everything at Ubisoft. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the next game is Child of Light, which is a game that you played. Yeah. So I this was um, they made an engine called Ubi Art that uh, Rayman. I can't remember which one was first Legends or Origins, uh, but they they made the engine for that game. And I remember at that E3, they touted like, yeah, and like everybody will be able to use this engine and like we'll be able to make all kinds of cool things because you basically just like import your art and you can make it whatever. Um, and then I think the only UbiArt game other than those two Rayman games is Child of Light. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where like it definitely would appeal to me. It's a turn based RPG style game. Um I, the details of it are like weirdly fuzzy to me. You play as this like weird little princess girl and you just go on a, a quest to save the world, I guess. I, I don't know. Like the whole thing, it seemed pretty generic. The battle system was okay. Uh, the thing that really drove me nuts was every line had to rhyme because they were telling it in uh, like an old tiny storybook way. So it just felt and after a certain point, you're like, okay, this feels really contrived. <laughs> like right. in, in, in the beginning, you're like, oh, this is like a weird, cute concept. And then by like the fifth or sixth hour, you're like, all right, we get it, man. Rhyming Vic Rymerson over here. And like, sometimes it just felt like they were reaching. And it also, I feel like the story kind of suffered from that because it's like, sometimes it feels like instead of focusing on telling a compelling plot, you're more focusing on like, oh, fuck, does this rhyme or not? And like it made it feel more like a, uh, I don't know, like a nursery rhyme fairy tale thing than like a compelling narrative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the gameplay was interesting. Like it was a, a just a regular turn based RPG battle system that had some fun uh, like abilities and stuff in it. So I, I don't know. Like it's it's not a bad game. It just was like very forgettable, I guess. Right. Yeah. I don't. Do you think we'll ever see another Child of Light? No, definitely not. I think Ubisoft is more focused on larger scale projects now, especially. Um, I'm just trying to think. They always have these little weird projects, though. Yeah, I mean, like Grow Home and stuff like up. that. Uh, yeah. And they they have their trials stuff. They usually have some like little things. That yeah, I guess I never think of trials as like a small game though. I mean, they're only like I don't even think they have physical copies, do they? Uh, no, but like I I don't know. Trials always sells like nine hundred quadrillion copies. I sure. feel like so. Like... Sure, but I don't even think they're sixty dollar products. So no, no, they're usually like twenty. Hmm. So 
quick little side. I guess the last like console game because like because there's been a couple mobile games. The last like quote unquote console game to be on the UBR engine is a game called Gravity Falls: Legend of the Gnome Gemulets. That is a 3DS weird. I will have to check that out. I mean, people love Gravity Falls, the show, so I wonder if that's actually a good game or not. Um. Oh. Um. Do you want to know what the Metacritic score is? I don't know that I do. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Like 20, 30? 46. Oh, fuck. Okay. I mean, that's not great. No. Okay. Well, there you go. I guess I didn't think about how they might have been making mobile games or letting other developers use it. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. And for a licensed... What the fuck? Just that's a 3DS. Yeah, 2015. A licensed that. 3DS game. That's bizarre. And yeah, they made a, a Rayman Adventures, which is a iOS Android game in 2015. And then Rayman Mini, also I, iOS game. So. And that was 2019, so that's the most Oh, Valiant game. Hearts used it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Fuck. All I know is I should download Rayman Fiesta Run when I get done with this podcast. <laughs> sure. A shitty runner that's got Rayman in it? I am in. <laughs> wow, they're all Rayman games, huh? Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, if you hear like weird sounds, it's because rain is smashing into the window in front of me at what feels like an alarming rate. (laughs) When I got out of work and I was like, I have to gas up my car because my car is basically on empty. That's when it rained the hardest. When I was standing outside. It has started again. Oh, okay. Awesome. It is. uh, It's. That is heavy. I was like, man, what is this? My cat slamming something over there? No, just the window in the rain. I don't hear it, so I'm guessing other people won't either. Okay, well, that's good. That's good news, I guess. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. Are you ready to talk about the crew? The crew? Man, these games looked so cool. Just like a racing game where you can do anything like Diddy Kong Racing style, you know? It's got cars, boats, planes, you name it. Uh, The crew won... Yeah, the crew one was just cars uh, and the whole thing was like, yeah, drive across the US and there's we made this weird like truncated version of the US. And I remember people being like, this is okay," Uh, And they just were like looking forward to more. So it's one of those things where you hope like, oh, it's the the first in an Ubisoft franchise, like usually the second one does a lot more and is is quite a bit better because they've learned their lessons or whatever. Uh, That didn't happen. No, which is and the crew weird. two just was bad. Uh, yeah, it just like I, was it like I don't even know. I didn't really. I just heard it was bad. I didn't even look into what exactly. So it was, it was like buggy, and it was one of those things where none of the systems felt particularly great. Okay, so like the boating and the flying, uh, and I remember you could just like change into anything willy-nilly so i remember people like i don't know that races were locked down always so you'd be like in a car and then someone would be racing you in a plane I'm like that's not a fair race no so stuff like that and then i remember the story elements i remember being fairly underwhelming uh 
and just yeah when a driving game doesn't feel super good and it's like weirdly buggy and stuff and none of the systems end up like meshing well together it's just one of those things where it's like oh this is a huge bummer i, I don't know that it was anything where it was like offensively bad or fucked right. up it just was one of those things where it's like oh this is not the forward momentum i people were hoping that the franchise would have yeah i'm just kind of wondering if like kind of like unity where it would be at least okay today if they or if it's still just like uh it's not necessarily the bugs that were the issue it was just yeah i think it needed like more content as well okay and so i don't know that they ever added like free content updates to it or anything or feed they were paid expansions or whatever i don't know Yeah, i never really paid attention to the crew series just because like i knew it did not review well or you know like i'd never heard anybody say anything positive about it yeah uh, but far cry people say positive things about that often <coughs> well i would say less and less positive as you go down the list uh yeah that's probably true because like four came out and that was just like a game of the year contender the year it came out yeah because it was coming off of far cry 3 which yes. people also were in love with yes so. people loved four, uh three and then yeah. four like it's just as good mm-hmm. it's just a case of like it's just more far cry 3 mm-hmm. but i still think it's still like when i say it's uh syndicate might be my favorite it's between syndicate and far cry 4 of like my favorite ubisoft games this generation mm-hmm. i don't really know which one i would pick yeah. i mean people really like far cry 4 so it's yeah yeah i mean they're they're both excellent games and i think they both came out right around the same time 2014 2015 mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean far cry 4 it's just like really wacky shit it's got like a weird story uh a very compelling villain one of the most uh, charismatic villains that you can find in video games, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess Far Cry 3 had the same thing. It did. Uh, but yeah, I, I just enjoyed Far Cry 4 just because it's a really good tight shooter. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, what if we made one, but it was like the Stone Age and called it Far Cry Primal? <laughs> And then I was like, I'll play that. And I really liked it as well. Uh, the story, oh not good. I, People fucking primal, I feel like got lit up. I mean, it's still like reviewed like moderately well. Right. But it just, I remember people talking about primal and it just, because it, it like reused the map, right? From four. It, sure. But like, it was different enough. Like it, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, yeah, but then I also like people were it didn't feel like a full product, like a full game. You know what I mean? It felt more was primal full price. I don't think it was. Uh, It might have been interesting. Uh, All I remember really was bee grenades. Oh, Um, yeah, the bee grenades. (laughs) Remember, you could throw bee grenades. That was my main takeaway. (laughs) Yeah, this was one of the games that like. Because 2016 was the year that I really started getting into more games. Mm-hmm. This was one of the first games I bought, I remember. Mm. And I, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun just running around and having, uh, you know, which I mean, Far Cry has this with all their games, but like having like animal companions and having like a saber tooth tiger run around, like be your pet and stuff and like fight for you. So much fun. I. Mm. But yeah, like I, some people just like, I think 
I think this is right around the time people started to feel that like a Far Cry or not Far Cry, like Ubisoft open world fatigue. Mm-hmm. And the, Ubisoft has just continued to make open world games. Yeah, I I also like. I mean, I Far Cry doesn't interest me normally, anyways. But right. the aesthetic of Primal and the time period is like my least favorite thing of all time. Mm-hmm. So I extra would not have been for me. But yeah, we're like that's like me with space, where I'm just like not interested in space at all. Yeah. Uh, then there was Far Cry Five, which had so much potential going into it because it really seemed like they were going for something and then they just really didn't <laughs> and then they like half-assed it and they yeah. were like it was to the point where it's like kind of it's not necessarily where i wanted them to be like political and like make a political statement against like the far far alt-right necessarily well, i mean that's what they like had made it seem like they were that's, doing though with all the marketing and stuff yeah that the marketing was very much like that but then they want then but then they didn't fully go with it. And it's not necessarily where I wanted that. I just wanted them to commit to something, but to anything. Yeah. (laughs) It it just felt like they wanted to market it that way. And, Mm. but then they make the game and then they're like, no, see, we're not doing that. These are just crazy cultists. And it just, yeah. And I mean, like on their end, I get where they're coming from because it's one of those things where you don't want to alienate a large portion of like human beings, like from playing your game or whatever. But I, you're right. I do think it's one of those things where they probably should have stuck to something, you know, what uh, I mean? or like just, just don't just stuck with a vision. Yeah. Or don't market it that way or you know, yeah. just try to come up with something. It's kind of like with with Wolfenstein, too, where that marketing team, they were very much like they were tweeting out, like, get the Nazis out of America and stuff right around mm-hmm. when. And then they're like, oh, we're not making a political game. It, it is come on guys like either either commit to it or don't and like and they far cry 5 they they wanted to have their cake and eat it too and it just yeah didn't fully come together but with that being said it's still just like a fun open world shooter to run around in yeah and then the next year they made far cry new dawn which just yes. kind of carry which was a direct sequel to five Yes. And it was just basically about a nuclear fallout 20 years mm-hmm. after the after five where a nu- nuclear bomb just weirdly went off. And then you're running around Far Cry 5's map, but this time it like it's after a nuclear bomb went off in in Montana. Okay. I uh, you you seem to not really like New Dawn very much. Um it was only like a $40 product. So it was just kind of like a smaller uh, Far Cry game. And then, as I said, like I love four primal. I like a little less five. I like a little less and then new dawn. I like a little less. So like, it's just kind of a case where the quality is not going the right direction. This and... is so weird. I was just looking at the Metacritic for New Dawn, which is lower than Primal by three points, I think. But the trail, the, normally they have the trailer for the game embedded, mm-hmm. and they stole the trailer from GameSpot. It's not even just like the regular trailer. It's like one that has GameSpot's branding on it. Oh, that's weird. That's bizarre. It's also a 25-minute video. That's not a trailer. Oh. 
it's oh, it's just like a huge gameplay demo of someone from that's bizarre oh this is probably because like they had the they did this with all the a lot of the outlets like they had like someone from like one of the outlets come out and play like 25 to 30 minutes yeah. of it before the yeah. game came out so that's probably what this is that seems like a really bizarre thing to now you have me the, wondering okay so like yeah the metacritic score yeah the metacritic of new dawn is like 70 between 70 and 73 and then primals was like 74 to 78 yes depending on the version of the game or whatever so it went from like mid 80s to mid 70s back up to about 80 with far cry 5 and then down to about yeah 70. and then dipped, dipped back to 70 which like that that seems like it makes sense to me because it's primal and new dawn or new dawn yeah they're spinoffs that use the same map and it's one of those things where like at, at that point like you either know you want more of that world right. or more far cry at that time or not and it's it's not going to be the next big iteration so it like maybe it's not as good as the main far cry game and so it makes sense that they would review that way yeah absolutely i'm not I, but i i'm not surprised that like i'm a little surprised Far Cry 4 is a little as low as it is, but it is a case where I think Far Cry 4 is coming off Far Cry 3, which Far Cry 3 is probably like really high Metacritic. I would assume so. And I I mean, Blood Dragon, it's standalone thing is probably a bit lower, just like the other ones. Yeah, Far Cry 3 on PS, PS3 was is a 90. So, yeah. I, I would like to see them maybe take a couple years off from far cry because from far cry 4 to far cry new dawn you're talking probably five or six years making four games like they could yeah i wonder i i bet they will i bet they won't have one this coming year well i no, they definitely obviously not but yeah and and the weird thing is like i we talked about it, the first news story was the ubisoft forward do you think the first game that's going to come out for Ubisoft is Assassin's Creed? Or do you think they'll have something before that? See, yeah, that's what's weird is I wonder if it will be Assassin's Creed because like uh, Watch Dogs would have been out by now. Right. Or very close. I can't remember if that one was June or if it was March. I thought it was March or April. It Either was way, definitely spring. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I bet you that valhalla will be their the next ubisoft like major release because then because because then we know Watch Dogs is coming out yeah it's assassin's creed you know vikings has been rumored forever yeah. and then we have that gods and monsters which that's going to be coming out some so it'll just be weird like 2020 is setting to be like a year where we get like one or two assassin's creed game or ubisoft games and that's it well so. i i bet it's also a scenario where like when Breakpoint came out and did so poorly for them, yes. it scared them that games that had maybe not been perceived as well or were new were right. needed more work. Whereas, like, I bet they just thought, oh, well, Valhalla's so far out and, like, people liked Odyssey and Origins enough that it will be, like, fine because it'll have enough development time. Yes. Like, it's it's not like it was coming out right then or whatever. So I, I bet that just wasn't affected the same way that a lot of their other titles were. But but what I'm, my point is, like, since everything got pushed back and, like, Assassin's Creed might be the first one, 2021 is setting to be a year where they're going to have a bunch of stuff, which means that Far Cry, the, the next Far Cry could be 2022. 
it could be but then i yeah it, it really depends i guess how their studios work on stuff because i would guess that it would be like holiday 2021 that far cry would come out but it depends what they have on the slate you know what i mean well the far last few far cries have been more the spring time uh, well yeah but i mean they can't release gods and monsters assassin's creed and watchdogs like that quickly in a row <laughs> well that's my point i think we're gonna get, <laughs> yeah i think we'll get like one of them in the spring and i think yeah. that's gonna be either gods and monsters or watchdogs maybe something in the summer but then they're gonna want to have a fall release so and then there's yeah. also um that pirate game that game should just get canceled i uh, who is that game for now? I don't know. I don't know who it was for originally, right? Like it was <laughs> that was like Ubisoft was like, we have boat fever. We gotta get these boat games out. And I just remember them showing that and being like, wow, this just looks like a game, except it's just the boat combat from Assassin's Creed, but it makes it looks less fun. Right? And then the, that game didn't show up for a long time. And then they were like, Oh, it was like delayed. I don't know. Okay. And then there's the Beyond uh, Good and Evil. That's never coming out either. Which, who knows what's happening with that. Like, they have... Skull and Bones, though, that... I don't know that that will ever come out. Skull and Bones, that's... Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird one. Yes, it is. And just Ubisoft is, like... This has got to be the longest Ubisoft has ever gone without releasing a game. Probably, yeah. Uh, the next game, I don't think either of us played outside of the beta. No. Uh, oh, For Honor. For Sorry, Honor. I was looking at the next one. Yeah, no, um, I did not. I did not enjoy that. I had fun, I but I played the beta for like 20 to 25 hours. Oh, okay. I probably played it for like two hours and mm-hmm. was like, no, I'm okay. Thank you. I played a ton with uh, Nukio and Justin the beta but then like when it was like time i was like i've already gotten my fill of this game i don't need to play it anymore and then i just didn't yeah uh it's cool that they're still like updating this game and stuff and people seem to still be playing it It just yeah very much was not a thing for me like the the combat just didn't feel right to me right and it was one of those things where it's like this is especially like it's a skill ceiling thing where like people who played it longer than you are by default better. So like, I bet if you started playing for honor now, you would get fucking slaughtered. Oh, definitely. Wow. I mean, but even then, like if you, even in the beta, I mean, (coughs) I played it enough that I was, I kind of got to a point where I was like, all right, I could kind of handle most of the people that, you know, we're just kind of starting out, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is one of the games where I, I personally think of more about that, like the Netflix documentary than the actual game. Mm. Uh, I would, I definitely recommend, what is that documentary called now? I gotta look it I up. Just, yeah. I just remember the guy with the cane. Yes. And they, how they know. like Ubisoft was not happy about that that netflix because they because they kind of like screwed him over mm. uh playing hard yeah uh 
I definitely recommend. It's just a fascinating documentary to watch. Hmm. Yeah, he he's definitely a very weird and quirky guy. The who I can't even remember who who it, the guy's name. Yeah, I just remember his sick cane. That's that's all I got. <laughs> there was one moment where he was like telling a story how like because I think the studio is up in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So he was like walking down the street and one of the police officers, the Mount- Mounties, like pulled him over and like stopped him and inspected the cane because they thought he might have a sword in his cane. <laughs> it does it does look like the kind of cane that would have yeah. a sword in it so yes. <laughs> he was just like yeah i got i get so this is what it's like to be like typecasted or whatever you want to call it yeah <laughs> yeah that's so. wild yeah yeah it's just really sad because like the guy like this game was his dream like it, it was his dream to make this game and he'd been pitching it for almost like 10 years and then eventually Ubisoft was like, yeah, we'll do it. And then and then by the end, they like screwed him out out of it. And like, he'll never be able to work. He won't be able to work on like for honor Two or anything. Oh, dang. Yeah. There, but just the way it was cut, it was just like all of a sudden, like everyone was happy. Everything was going. And then all of a sudden, like the ending, like he was just like out. So it seemed like they definitely cut some stuff out of like the ending. I don't know. Like, I, huh. it, it was just a very bizarre documentary. Interesting. Uh, now grow home and grow up are just two very interesting, smaller Ubisoft games. Yeah. So grow up was the first one and grow, no, home grow was home. the second no, you, you have sure? that backwards. Grow Home was definitely the first one. You're right. It is. Um, but people really liked that one. Yes. Uh, I did not play it, but I remember people raving about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they loved that little robot man and his climbing abilities. And then the second one, uh, people still seem to enjoy, but not as much. It just seemed like more of the same. Yeah. And Grow Home... It's not a particularly long game, but no. I, I, people got their fill in, I think, of with the game and and then just making a second one where it's just more of the same. People are just like, I don't think we needed this. Hmm. But it, it, I think it's one of those cases where Grow Home was one of those like it was just uh, Ubisoft just trying a bunch of different like minor little things out. And then it, it was like a game jam type of thing. And then, like, they liked it enough. They were like, why don't we turn this into an actual real game? Yeah. Uh, which I always think it's kind of cool when they, uh, like, game jams then turn into, like, an actual real game. Yeah, for sure. This had, like, a weird thing with the climbing, didn't it? Uh, I That's the main mechanic. That's all I really remember. About okay. I, like, I'm trying to remember if, like, like if each arm or something like mapped to a different button or something i'm trying i never played it so i don't know Mm. i remember there was some weird like climbing mechanic that people really latched on to yeah i can't recall any specifics about stuff like that yeah without playing it it's hard for me to say um i guess we can just briefly mention that uh ubisoft cranks out just dance and, Every five minutes, there's a new Just Dance game for and, you. 
and they they seem to print money. Yeah, they have like a fucking there's like this thing called Just Dance Infinite or whatever. It's like a subscription service that mm-hmm. gives you access to 900 songs that they add songs to every minute of every day. <laughs> so it seems like it prints them money hand over fist. Is it just is that like a platform the Just Dance Infinite? Yeah, so like if you buy the newest Just Dance, it'll show like a bunch of songs on the menu, I guess, that are uh, that are like only through Just Dance Infinite. And then right. if you pay for that, it's like a monthly thing. Then you can play all those songs, but they do it in like a weird way where they surface them no matter what. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I just know that they have a lot of songs now, so. Yes. There, it's more yeah now it's more like a platform mm-hmm. and then i think they might just use each new release as like hey we license these specific big songs uh so yeah i don't know hmm. interesting i yeah i don't really know a ton about the just dance uh other than we buy my cousins just dance every year for christmas and yeah. then i play like three songs of just dance at, on christmas day and mm-hmm. then i get my just dance fill for the year um, uh yeah just dance still comes out on the wii on the wii yes which i find to be fascinating just dance 2020 25 bucks on the wii god and now they just use like smartphones as yeah like, the the controllers so like have you ever played a just dance I have not. It does not seem like it would be my uh, my jam. So it like I yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it doesn't look accurate enough to. I, I don't know. It just yeah, it's one of those things where it just looks really like a lot of it is half assed. And I have heard a lot of people say that it is um, it's either too easy or impossible like there is no like Mm. real middle ground right for a lot of the stuff and i think that's just part of that is just like uh, it the motion sensing of it i don't think is like super advanced so i mean it's not shooting for that either so no like it's meant to be just like a fun like party game for not to stereotype but like i think for more like girls yeah uh where like they have like friends over and then they have like a just dance party type of thing I, yeah. I assume that's more like what they're going for or mm-hmm. like it, like just dance is very popular in hospitals for like girls and stuff. Uh, that's why that's why they still release it on the Wii. Yeah, because like it'll they'll still sell uh, like the Wii copies because like hospitals and everybody has a Wii at least. So <laughs> so like summer camps and like hospitals and stuff, they'll just buy the new just dance for the Wii, and that's why they still release for the Wii, but not the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite part about that the the fact that the <laughs> Wii U is like they're like that's not worth our time. <laughs> I did look into buying a DDR dance pad yesterday, so oh, that that's exciting and way too expensive. <laughs> I could imagine, yeah. Where like uh, I do think like. I... I mean, it's not going to be as accurate, Just Dance, but like if you're just looking to get some exercise and moving, Just Dance is pretty good for that, at least. No, I just want to play DDR. And I, boy, to get a good dance pad, it's expensive. Also, (laughs) you don't really have the great, greatest space for it. Oh, it's, I mean, they're not that big. So it'd be fine. I have plenty of room in here. 
I mean, like, I, I mean, more like storage space. I mean, I could just put it up against the wall or something. Most of them are made of foam. Oh, okay. Unless I was going to spend six, four to six hundred dollars for a metal one, mm. which I will not do at I, the moment. You should consider it at least. I mean, I, I I did consider it briefly until I was like, well, then what if I don't get into DDR? Then I have this fucking four hundred dollar thing uh and it, either way i don't think i can even get like the mediocre like foam ones because they're like 70 bucks and it was a whole thing i was looking at the subreddit i don't even remember what made me look but it was a weird experience do you honestly think you would do it or do you think you'd do it like a couple times and then just be like oh that was interesting no i think i would play d i think i would play i enjoyed it on ps2 and stuff so okay the reason why i ask is like because like i you kind of fell off of uh the Wii Fit adventure. Oh, I'm not doing it to get fit. I'm doing it to, to have a dope ass rhythm game. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, where like I would be terrible at that. Yeah, I just like one of the things that's weird is like you can never really get good with like the shitty old PS2 pads right. because they don't recognize most inputs because they're just fucking weird little pads. Either way, this is a long other tangent. Yeah, this is yes. So. <laughs> now I'm looking up uh, Dance Dance Revolution stuff, and yeah, it's a whole thing. But Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle is fucking great. Uh, they were Ubisoft was given the keys to the Italian plumber himself, mm-hmm. and they made XCOM. The most interesting aspect of this is, do you remember the E3 before this was announced and it got leaked and everyone was like, oh, Oh, Mario and Rabbids. People were either like convinced it was fake or they were convinced it was going to be shit. Mm -hmm. People were like bashing this because of the Rabbids before the game even got shown. Yeah, because like the whole design doc leaked. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. And then, yeah, and then we saw it, and, and people were like, wait, that seems kind of interesting. Mario has a gun? At the time, it was just, like, mind-boggling that, like, Mario had a gun was shooting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it ended up being a lot of fun. Um, yeah. God, I I just remember Rabid Luigi. People shitting, so on, good. shitting on him, and it's like, Rabid Luigi was the best character in the game. He was broken as hell yeah he, that oh my god that vampire ability where he would like steal a little bit of health from everybody it was great S- so good yeah rabid you and i know rabid luigi I, we know best. rabid luigi was top tier <laughs> he's too good uh the my only complaint here was that you had to have mario on your team yeah that was that was weird because i would have liked to have probably i would have just went with like rabid luigi i think i would have went with peach and then I don't remember who else I would have used, but I don't think I would have used Mario. No, yeah, I probably wouldn't have either. Uh, and then uh, I remember you get uh, Yoshi a little too late in the game. And by then you do. So, yeah, I never really used them. No, I never used Yoshi. And then they had that DLC with Donkey Kong. And mm-hmm. I, I never really went back to this game either. I don't know if you did. No, I did not. So. This is another one. Do you think we'll get like uh, a Mario and Rabbids two at some point? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I, I wonder how well it did for both Nintendo and Ubisoft. Like I know most people who played it liked it, but I, I guess I don't really know if it sold particularly well or 
did well or anything i would assume if they did dlc they kept working on it i mean like that would tell me that it at least sold well enough to make dlc yeah that's true uh, so um which that was 2017 so like mario in his 30 year anniversary or 25 year whatever what if we get a mario rabbits this year oh that'd be cool i who knows what's gonna happen because this was another one was it when they announced it or was it the following year when they showed like the person who made it and like uh that was the year they announced it for real and he cried he cried because miyamoto was like complimenting him and stuff and which i mean i i have to imagine like being like make like you grow up like idolizing nintendo and miyamoto Mm -hmm. and then like on stage he's like complimenting you like yeah i mean most people probably would tear up and be like this is this is like wow like i i made it type of thing yeah no that was that was a really cool that i like that ubisoft press conference yes uh the next game was another game that like i was surprisingly good i thought which I know Did the last South. It? Yeah, I played Fractured oh, okay. Butthole. Um, yeah. I know this previous South Park game was uh, was really good too, but this one was this one. Uh, it was the first one was Obsidian, right? Yes. And then this one, like Ubisoft in house, I believe San Francisco did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and this one was a different combat system from uh, from what was the first one the stick of truth stick of truth yes which this one's the fractured butthole mm-hmm. which it took me a long time to get that joke oh boy uh, i'm not the smartest person manny and <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those cases where if you read it you don't really you're just like okay but then well, like no but like in their trailer they like made a big deal like I... they made sure that you knew well you know it needs to be really, really like beaten <laughs> over the head for me to get it. I, but I did eventually get it. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's all like fractured butthole is all like uh, superheroes, and mm-hmm. it's like a grid based system. And you're just like you, your character is you kind of got to create your own character. And now I'm just thinking about how. Um, oh God, I I don't remember a lot about South Park, but who's the kid who is in the wheelchair? Uh, Timmy. Timmy is basically Professor X in the game. That's cool. I like that. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, obviously he's in a wheelchair. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did a lot of fun stuff with that. Yeah. Fractured Ball yeah. was a very unique, interesting experience. And mm-hmm. I think a lot better than people were expecting it to be. Yeah. I don't think we'll get another South Park game, though, because, like, it seems like working with them is not a good experience. Uh, uh yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't know that it not working. That was not a good experience. I mean, they just cared that it was a good product. Well, I mean, like, but then they, they like, right. I mean, I, but like, I'm just saying, like, it. I think it's, it's easier to just kind of make your own product rather than having to work with, like, Trey Parker and Matt Stone and stuff. Yeah uh where like you can just like if you're making an assassin's creed game or something like you can just make that however you want to where with like trey parker and matt matt stone like they you they have to like 
agree and like say yes to everything so i th- I just think it's like yeah it's not as easy of an experience to to make that stuff. no I, I mean that makes sense right I, I don't mean that like a negative sense that like they're terrible to work with i just meant more it's just a little more difficult than probably worth yes Unless, like it sold extremely well which is entirely possible i mean the first one definitely did i'd don't remember much about when the, this one came out so yes and it seems like a lot of people like this was because like they did a superhero series in the show as well and it seems yeah. like that was not as popular huh. on the show so i i don't know if yeah. like this one sold as well huh. uh the next one i don't think it was necessarily bad steep but i remember it like released and then like nobody ever talked about it again it just why did they make it i I don't know like it's one of those things where it was like oh i love snowboarding games and then it was just where it was like uh, one of those it was going more for like realism and extreme action and it just wasn't as fun it's like a weird more arcadey version of it and yeah i it definitely went on sale i remember immediately for like less than half price so I think Steep did pretty poorly financially for Ubisoft. Yeah, and we haven't really heard anything about it since, which no. is pretty rare for Ubisoft. I feel like even when their games come out and they're not good, they usually work on them until uh, they're at least popular or like you know, po- like people feel positive about it. But it just feels like Steep came out. It was very mediocre, and then Ubisoft went, okay, I guess we're done with this. Or at least that's my feeling on it. I, I definitely didn't hear anything about this. Uh, they were going to port it to Switch, and they canceled that, so that's not a good sign. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just... it. I don't think it was a bad game. I just think it was one of those ones where most people were like, I just don't care. You know what I mean? Looking at this, it says sequel on, on their Wikipedia. In January 2020, reports about a sequel first surfaced when an anonymous source claimed that development was quote-unquote deep into production phase with Ubisoft already licensing music. Dang. So well, maybe they maybe we'll get a Steep too. Yeah. This time it's steeper. Sure. Wasn't this like weird where it was like a weird open world as well? Yeah, it was like a weird open world mountain thing. <laughs> Which it's like, I don't know if like you needed open world skiing, snowboarding game. No, but like, I mean, like technically like SSX Tricky on the PS2 was like an open world snowboarding game. Sure, I guess. But I, yeah, this no, the, I, the steep mountain seems like ridiculously large. I yes. remember it being huge. So. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, Tetris Ultimate, was a Tetris game that was like not great. How and do that's you it. Fuck up Tetris. That is the. I mean, you don't. It. it you just like don't have a lot of features, and it's mm. whatever. I mean, it's just like it, it. You just put out a Tetris thing. It was just know. Tetris and probably overpriced for just basic Tetris type uh, of thing. Is that what it was? I don't, I don't remember it being very expensive. I just i I don't know. It was just regular old tetris Mm. and not nothing extraordinary or interesting about it really okay so that's that's really it uh and then tom clancy's the division one and two Mm -hmm. um 
it seems like I, I didn't really pay attention to the Division One. It seems like it came out. It was generally well-received, at least the campaign was, and then people got to the end of the campaign, and then there was nothing. Yeah, so I really didn't like the Division One. Um, right. But it wasn't because I, of, like... I ended up play. not finishing it. But it wasn't because of the gameplay or anything. You just don't like open-world third-person shooters, like... No, I mean, it was because of the gameplay, too. I just thought it was boring as sin. Like, it, oh, okay. uh, I mean, it's just Destiny, except right. if you took literally all the charm and excitement out of it. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, you're just in, like, snowy New York. Mm-hmm. And so everything looks exactly the same. All of the stuff just looks like modern military uniforms. So there's no, like, unique standout stuff or whatever. And it was one of those things where it's like, I see why people would like this if, like, this is your jam, like, this is your aesthetic. Right. But it was one of those things where, like, Destiny already came out and was mediocre and did better than this. So that was one of those things where it was like, I hope that they learn a lot of lessons from this game and then make it the second one a lot better. And I think that they did do that. It just still wasn't enough to pull me in for the sequel. Right. Where the second people one... really like the division too, man. Yeah. Everyone was like, Oh my God, someone's finally made a games as a service game with like actual end game content. Like people were just like blown because remember <laughs> this came out right after the Anthem. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, division two. And I remember mm. picking this up and I played about 18 hours and I just had to stop because like, Oh my God, it was so hard. It was yeah, cause you were playing by yourself. I in was a playing player game <laughs> in a multiplayer game where like the AI was programmed to flank yeah and so like they were constantly flanking me and just like taking me out from like the sides and behind and i was just like this is too difficult Mm -hmm. i am dying like 15 to 20 times on every mission yeah uh which i think they went through and kind of reprogrammed the uh the enemies because like they were a little too good and that, that was a very common complaint but yes it seems like the division one and two uh, at least, especially with two, it was received very well, and I believe now the division two has the division one in it, right? I don't think that's true. I thought they, they made an expansion called Kings of New York, I think, or something. Okay. Gangs of something, but you like you go to a separate island, but I don't know that it is the first game or anything. I didn't. I thought it was like the same. I thought it was the division one map. Maybe it is just like small parts of New York. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention enough. I thought the division two expansion was basically just uh, a division one. Yeah, I I don't know. I just know that it was called gangs of something warlords of New York or something. And uh... which that's very recent. That was just like a a couple months ago i believe yeah so i don't, yeah i don't know yeah i don't really it's hard for me to say cuz like i as i said i played you know 18 hours of the division 2 at first launch and then i was like i just this game is not made for me it's uh it is made to be a co-op shooter so mm. and then uh, then we have another Tom Clancy game, Ghost Recon. Yes. Uh, Wildlands and Breakpoint. Wildlands is another game where it's just like 
it was a lot of fun. I played about 25 to 30 hours. And then I just hit a point where I was like, oh, my God. It, this is just too much open world for me. I, 25, 30 hours, and I was easily, like, halfway through the game. And I was like, I don't think I can play any more of this. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to just kind of, like, run around and, like, basically let your AI do all the work and, like, take people out. And uh, I, When this game first came out, it seemed like people were excited because they thought it was going to be this weird, wacky, like, four-player game where they could like hop in helicopters and just do weird stuff but like it ended up being a little bit more of a sim than i think people originally wanted uh i I remember people not i like my perception of this game was that people especially people who actually like ghost recon right (laughs) did not like this game at all well that's because like i i remember playing ghost recon back in like the ps2 days and those games were fucking awesome and they are nothing like wildlands is no and that's kind of my point is like people were hoping like some group was hoping for a more arcadey fun experience and then like the people that were hoping for more of a hardcore experience they didn't get that either so it just yeah. kind of be ended up being in this like weird middle ground where like no one was really happy about this game it sold like ridiculously well for them though like it did it did super well financially for yes. them um so that that that's cool for them i guess i also it was columbia right yeah i i think it was columbia i remember they like there was like a lawsuit because they were misrepresenting you whatever like south american company or country yeah. it was i do not remember but yeah uh whoever the co- country was they were not happy and that's why breakpoint is just like it's it was not... uh bolivia bolivia right and that's why breakpoint they were like you know what fine we won't use a real world location and we'll just kind of say it's in like the i believe like south asia right uh yeah i I don't remember magic drone island that could be anywhere yes i believe it was south like the like like south asia islands type of thing and breakpoint is the game that broke ubisoft (laughs) Uh, yeah i just did it did not do what they wanted it to do or were expecting it to do. That's for sure. I mean, we would have watchdogs if this game didn't come out. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, the watchdogs is probably better for it anyway. Oh yeah. I'm not complaining. I'm just like, and the weird thing is like, I kind of liked Breakpoint. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as wildlands, but it was smaller as well. I was able to beat it in like 40 hours. Mm-hmm. But Breakpoint was just fun to just hop in and just play for a couple hours at a time and get some loot. And I it ended up being my like loot loot shooter of the year that I that I kind of enjoyed. So I I don't know like I feel like Breakpoint is one of those games that I feel much more positive on than it seems like the rest of the world. Yeah, it was. Uh... I. I remember it being fucking brutal. Yeah, it's got a 58 on Metacritic. Yes, like where I would say it's I would probably give it like a 70 to 75. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Uh, oh, this IG interview is savage. Holy shit. Yeah, people <laughs> really hated it and I didn't understand why. It had this really cool like game mechanic where like you could play first person or third person. 
and and it, that worked really well and it was just kind of fun to run around and shoot people but i think people are looking for a little bit more than just kind of that oh it was also like broken uh, yes it was very very buggy <laughs> uh and then rainbow six siege is a game Ubisoft's best game <laughs> probably i don't know like people fucking see just bizarre because it initially just like it looked really cool and yeah people like played it and were like oh this is fine and then quietly behind the scenes it was lurking <laughs> until like a year or so ago when people were like oh just kidding there's like this fucking insane scene that is super passionate about this game and like it's crazy and the amount of uh like operators that they have in it now are so many different things with so many different abilities uh it is insane how much is in the game now and how it's probably considered one of the best like tactical like multiplayer shooters out there like it's probably the best tactical like multiplayer shooter right yeah uh my brother has been playing it uh quite a lot recently oh really and it's i i don't know i think it's fun to watch Mm -hmm. to a certain extent but it's definitely definitely not my kind of shooter um because it's like everything is has so much like weight to it yes and uh it's just like i mean breaking breaching walls and stuff like super sick but then it's like yeah you have to like actually like peek around corners and shit and like be good and then like you're go down and be down for the rest of the entire match and that 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 kind of thing just isn't for me but i people Mm -hmm. i I don't really understand what happened with siege it was just one of those things (laughs) where like it came out and people were like oh this is like pretty cool whatever and then it just all of a sudden came back with this insane resurgence and people really like it now yeah it's interesting it's one of those games that I've actually never seen any gameplay of. I've just heard oh really? I yeah. I think it's super cool to watch. Like just the way like you can blow through walls with mm-hmm. guns and stuff, and like plant bombs and things. I uh, I think this is the prime example of Ubisoft post launch support. Yes, where it was already pretty good. So like that's good on its face and then like they just kept hammering away at it to make it a better experience which they now do with almost all their games so it's it's just one of those things that showcases like yeah if a game comes out and it's not that great like it can be made into a good game eventually yes or like i i mean like yeah like the same thing happened to unity for most people right so it's like it's cool and they add a lot of free content like wildlands had that same thing they added so much post-game content to that uh over the course of its lifespan i mean like right before breakpoint came out they added that uh splinter cell mission where you like meet up with tom uh, you meet up with uh what's his face the fuck is his name sam fisher yeah and they had the predator yeah, they they did all kinds of like weird crossovers, and so like I think Ubisoft like that is the thing that they are the best at is supporting it. They yeah, they just support it post launch, which now is a lot more common. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were the first ones that I really remember doing that this generation to like a a large degree. Yes, and like this is really the first generation where that was possible, anyways. Yeah, because like you release a bad game and you could actually release patches to fix it. 
Mm-hmm. Not you could do that somewhat on like the PS3, but like the Xbox had like those weird like the 360 had those like weird restrictions where like patches could only be the like very small uh, megabytes, I believe. Like, yeah, because you would have to pay ridiculous amounts, yes. and not every 360 technically had a hard drive, even though like a year after its launch, they very much definitely all had it. Right. Uh, so yeah, they had a bunch of weird stipulations and stuff and patches were much more expensive to push through for sure. So this was like the first generation where like mediocre games could become great games. So, mm-hmm. and this is, this is one, this is probably the poster child for the entire generation. If, if I'm being honest, uh, but like I've never played it or seen it or it, I just, I don't enjoy watching first person shooters. I, I generally don't either. I just like the effects of it all, I think are super cool. And like at this point, like in the beginning, the, all the operatives were like, I don't know. It's like a guy with a riot shield. Mm-hmm. And now it's like fucking like GI Joe shit where they're like, I don't know. They're like half a snake or something. And mm-hmm. I, it's just weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, nothing as weird as that, but it's like right, now right. a dude is like a cane with a gun in it and shit. And it's just like, wow, you were originally going for realism. And now it's just like, I don't know, man, whatever the fuck you got, let's put it in there. Well, I feel like at a certain so, point you would run out of, out of ideas and you're just like, what was that weird idea you had like three years ago? We'll go with <laughs> yeah so like i just remember i was listening to i think it was a giant beast cast and like each time they would have mike maharty on from GameSpot, they would have him like so like what's the story of the new person mm-hmm. and he'd tell the story and it's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like this sounds like a bad action movie but like yeah initially they were all just like i don't know it's like a big man with a riot shield mm-hmm. that's it and now the new characters can like see through walls and shit it's crazy i guess i'll have to after this i'll have to just kind of watch even like 20 minutes of gameplay just to kind of see what what this game is because as i said i just don't enjoy watching first person shooters so. yeah um uh, that's Tra- another game that's coming out at some point yeah quarantine do you think they're going to change the name uh, I, I did think about that. They might. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're going to want to release something with quarantine in the name. Yeah, probably not. But th- yeah, that got delayed. Everything got delayed. As well. Yeah, I but that one was like weird because I initially I didn't really understand if it was a full standalone game or if it was like an add on to siege it was a it seemed like it was a smaller spinoff i don't think it was an add-on i think it i think it was going to end up being like a 40 dollar like spinoff where i think it was like a three-player co-op right yes because that was like it it was definitely a co-op thing that was the e3 where everything was like three-player (laughs) co-op I just remember like every multiplayer game was like three players and it's like, this is really weird. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Trackmania Turbo. So they're making a, a new Trackmania is like coming out or like being rebooted soon or something. It was just announced. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. Trackmania is weird. It's just like time attack the video game. I, I, I don't know. You go on someone's custom server where they're playing all kinds of insane dubstep remixes and you just race the same track 
on loop trying to get the best time and people who like Trackmania are all in on Trackmania. Uh, there were like different, uh, I think the original, it was, there was different like, uh, skin sets. Not that's not the right word. Uh, like tile sets, I guess. So there was, uh, it was the original one for Trackmania turbo, I think was Canyon. And then there was uh, stadium. And I don't remember if there was a third one. Most people just ended up playing on stadium, I believe. Uh, and yeah, it's just like a the most arcadey racing thing possible, but it's not like you racing against other people. It's just time attack. Okay. So it's not necessarily for everybody, but right. it is. I think it's bizarre that they're making another one. I just this is one of those things where because they were originally trying to make Mania Planet, right. where it was supposed to be Track Mania, Quest Mania, and Shoot Mania. And I remember seeing like shoot mania was in like beta. I don't know if that was shut down or if that's even happening, but then quest mania, the RPG one, they just never even, they did just like silently canceled it. I believe so no. track mania. It's the only one that exists. Yeah. Cause like this wasn't like super well received. It was worse than the previous one. Right. Uh, people who were wild about Trackmania liked it less. That's, that's true. That's what I thought. Is it a? Have you ever played on like a Trackmania, or is it something? I have thought? not. I have watched a lot of gameplay. I was just kind of wondering if it like it does it feel good type of thing or. Uh, I, people seem to enjoy the way it plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say for sure. But they're remaking. Yeah, the new one is like a remake of a previous one. I, it's very oh. weird. Oh, weird. Is that hmm. now you said like it's like a time trial thing. Are you competing against other people online or is it like beating a time and then like advancing in like a campaign type of thing? You are competing against other people online. So there are depending on the server you're on, there's like. 20 or 30 like other people racing at the same time but it's like they're ghosts so there's no collision but you still see them all Mm -hmm. it's it's so weird and you're just trying (laughs) to get the best time out of everybody so you just yeah and there's like there's like a time limit okay okay that's that's and so then like after the time limit is up then it moves on to the next track on the playlist on the Mm -hmm. server oh okay that's interesting yeah, it's 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 very bizarre because like at first when it starts, it looks just looks like a giant clusterfuck because mm-hmm. it's like 30, 40 cars, <laughs> right? <laughs> like right in the same area. It, it's a very strange game. And it it is actually puzzling to me that they keep making them because like I wonder who like it can't it can't do super well for them financially. Like it is it. You just look at it and you're like, wow, this is the most niche thing ever. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's, uh, like it's it's weird. I'm looking at like it's ten dollars, <laughs> right? It's like it's on sale for ten dollars right now on PS4. Yeah, but I'm just kind of wondering, like, if there's nobody playing it, would that even so, be yeah, on on PS4? I don't even know what it's like because most of the like features that I have seen or no track mania for would only be possible on, on PC. PC, right? So yeah, I don't even know what that's like. I don't even know if it has like all the other content in it that the PC version has. I don't know that they released all the like tile sets for console or not. Yeah. I have no idea. There is a, it says a campaign mode. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But yeah, they're making another track mania. So like, I guess that did well enough. They announced it at like the, 
it was like late February. It was like the world finals of Trackmania or some shit. <laughs> they showed the trailer. <laughs> and I remember no outlet picked it up. And I just like found out because uh, I like some YouTubers I watched like enjoy Trackmania. And so right. they're all hyped up. And I was like, man, no one talked about Trackmania. That's sad. But yeah, that exists. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Trials, which they did Fusion this year. Trials of the Blood Dragon, which is a weird spinoff thing. And then Trials Rising, which I played Trials Rising last year. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you can just pretty much talk about Trials altogether. I was going to say, you could put every Trials game with the exception of Blood Dragon next mm-hmm. to each other, and you couldn't pay me a million dollars to tell you which one was which. I bet the graphics, you'd be like, that's I the I mean, maybe one. the graphics, but like even then, they're still like, I don't know. I feel like it's zoomed out enough, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where it's, you'd be like, ah, maybe. Like Fusion and Rising, I bet are pretty close. Uh, yeah, I, I bet that, that would be hard to uh, differentiate. And this yeah. is just like one of those weird franchises where like everybody just kind of hits their skill ceiling. And I feel like most people, this has got to be one of like the least finished games like on this entire list. Oh, definitely. I just trials has always been weird for me because I remember when the or one of the original trials games came out. Uh, it was one of the initial like Xbox Live Arcade games. Right. And a lot of people got into it then, like my brother bought it then and stuff. And it just always seemed like masochistic to me. <laughs> Like, after a certain point, just watching someone do the same stage over and over, trying to get this fucking dirt bike, like, up on one wheel so that it can do this weird shit. Like, it always just seemed like one of those things where it was so difficult that it didn't seem fun. But people mm-hmm. people do enjoy it, for sure. So, looking at Trials, the first game was in 2000. It was a Java game. Okay. The second one, Trials 2, was a Flash game in 2007. Okay. And then Trials HD was yes. 360. And so, yeah, that was the one where it like blew up huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they did Evolution, which was 2012. And then Fusion and then Rising, obviously. So, which the yeah. weird thing is Trials HD and Evolution were only 360 games. Yes, I believe they were like they had they there was weird things where if you signed to do an Xbox Live Arcade deal, Mm -hmm. there was like at least a timed exclusive or like an implication of that. That's why like Bastion was only on 360 for a very long time. Oh, these weren't even Ubisoft. These were published by Microsoft Game Studios. Oh, interesting. I wonder if Ubisoft Ubisoft just bought the rights. Ubisoft did the PC version of Trials Evolution. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's weird. So they must yeah, have bought the that. rights and then like Fusion was the first one that made it onto PS4. Yeah. Well, <laughs> huh. Yeah, this is another one where like as we talked about that Ubisoft press conference and like, boy, they, Ubisoft does some weird things sometimes. They do. I, they had tried to do like good stuff with rising. I think rising was the one where they did the tutorial stuff. They like yes. asked the pro player to, uh, the YouTuber to like, yeah, to it. do the stuff. Yeah. 
And it, God, that game was so hard. <laughs> yeah. It was a very difficult game. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Watch Dogs 1 and 2, which Watch Dogs 1 is just like one of the most like infamous games of like at least the start of the generation where people were like this is the greatest looking game of all time <laughs> and the graphical downgrade and yeah. the de- graphical downgrade yeah uh so i feel like i'm one of the few people who doesn't think watchdogs one is that bad it like it was a pretty generic open world game, but the weird, dumb hacking elements were like just enough for me to be like, all right, mm-hmm. there's something here. And I did not play that game stealthily, even a tiny bit. <laughs> and I would just go in and mow everyone down, which was the exact opposite of how our friend Nukio played the game. Mm. He'd be like, oh, these missions are hard. I keep getting caught. And I'm like, who cares? Blow them away. Like, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. And like, so it, they made it easier because because like you could hack into like just stuff around the base and make it explode when they walked by and mm-hmm. shit. And it was just like dumb, right? It was right. and the story was awful. Like the main character Aiden Pierce is maybe the least likable video game protagonist ever. He just like is a shitty garbage person, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh it's so, like the plot was never really that compelling or anything, but I just the gameplay was like fine enough at that time and I was looking for something like that to just be like dumb mindless fun or whatever. Right. Uh, and it was like, it was okay. And it was one of those things where I knew like at a certain point, you know how Ubisoft games work. And when they release a new franchise, you're like, oh, the second one will be like way better. And they can take these concepts that I already thought were cool and like blow them out. And I didn't end up finishing Watch Dogs 2, uh, because I think they, they flushed it out in the ways that like didn't fit the way I wanted to play the game. Mm hmm. Uh, so like the plot definitely got a lot better and I appreciate that for sure because the main character was fun and interesting and like the side characters were all pretty compelling and stuff. Um, but whereas in the first game I could go in and blow everyone away, the second one definitely promoted more stealth and like Watch Dogs 2 might be the first game I remember where I just thought like, man, the main character is so fucking fragile. Like it is insane. Mm-hmm. Like I before I could go and do whatever I wanted in the first one. And two, I felt like two shots would take you down. And it was one of those things where you're not supposed to just go in guns blazing. You're supposed to use the weird drone shit they set up for you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I thought that like the hacking portions of it were just less fun overall. Right. Even though they were probably in theory, like better systems. So yeah, it was, it was weird. And watchdogs too. the, uh, generally was much more well received and people really liked it. And like, I see where they're coming from. It just, it was not like the style of play that I wanted to have, I guess. Now with Legion, do you think Mm. you'll go with like more, uh, how you played one? Cause Uh, it seems like you're going to be able to recruit whoever you want. And you could probably Mm. go with like a, like a, a bulkier group of, you know, like, bulkier team and just kind of roll with just like heavier hitters it, that or at least that's what it seems like the game is going for like you can kind of like pick however you want to play 
yeah, so like I'm su- I'm super excited about Legion. I can't I can't wait to play it. But um, yeah, I, don't, I guess it depends on like the way the game is set up in the system. So that's what I thought was weird about Watch Dogs Two is like a lot of the combat scenarios look like the ones from one, right? And then you like go in there and you're like, oh no, I can't approach this the same. So I guess it it depends like how the hacking works and stuff like that De- depends on how I will approach it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they mean, haven't really shown that. a lot of that, which is strange. I mean, I guess they'll definitely show that at their thing they have in July or whatever. So. Right. I mean, we'll know soon enough, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's so sad. That could end up being a 2021 game. It is because I was I was super psyched to play that. Like yeah. when the concept came out like that it leaked beforehand and they were like yeah you just there's like no main character you play as anyone mm-hmm. i was like okay that sounds really cool but also literally impossible <laughs> yes and like it would never happen and then that was actually what they showed and i felt like my brain was exploding because i was like how could how could you even do that like how is how can this game be real yeah and everyone was freaking out because you could have like a army of grand grandmas yeah, I like so that game looks really cool. I hope that, especially now that it was given more time in the oven, like I hope, I hope that it's super cool. Uh, I, it, at the very least, it'll be more polished. So De- definitely, yeah. Because like it, that E three, I mean, it looked pretty far along in development. Exactly, and so that's why it's yeah. I I, ju- I just everything about that whole demo they showed looked mm-hmm. super interesting to me so i I mean we'll we'll get more information i'm sure on this game in july yeah yeah oh i'm not too far away at this point so yeah Uh, watchdogs legion is definitely one one of those games that i feel like most people are very excited about yeah you know looking at this list one thing that's sad Hmm. there's not a single rayman game i know it's fucked up matt because god damn i love rayman origins and rayman legends they are just i love them so much i kind of want to play it right now i have it on epic game store so i was I gonna could. say they just gave it away for free like last week uh, you it, downloaded. it was weird i somehow for some reason i already had it for free <laughs> oh okay sure so i they maybe they had offered it previously i don't but it was already in my epic library and i was like oh okay sure i mean they I also own them both on ps4 so i can just play the know. fact that they've given they keep releasing rayman huh did you know they made a rayman cart 2009 no. rayman cart 2009 on blackberry oh fun everyone's favorite platform yes. blackberry. Oh, that, that's bizarre um <laughs> do you think there's any chance we'll get a new rayman game i don't know especially uh because michelle ancel's new thing is beyond good and evil so yeah i don't know i but like those rayman games on that ubiart engine i I really like the way they feel and especially the second game because it just had all the levels from the first game in it as well. Right. It felt like it was just like a huge, huge package. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I would love to get another Rayman game. I hope so. But I it seems like especially now that they, they are kind of more moving away from that kind of thing into all open world all the time every day. So who knows? Yeah, it's just 
but then they always have these like weird little small spin-off things. So like you never know with Ubisoft, I guess. Yeah, I mean they keep fucking making Trackmania, so like something, right. there's always something weird. <laughs> I mean they they're making Anno a yeah right so, child yeah. of light grow home grow <laughs> up i'm steep they're like hey what if we made uh... uh so like you never know with them so like i don't know yeah well, I, I think they announced skull and bones at the same e3 they announced steep and i just my thoughts were like what is going on <laughs> like why are you releasing these games i mean good on you i guess for having like a more broad portfolio but mm-hmm. just strange yeah yeah just too bad that's it but yeah that's that's uh ubisoft so i guess we'll move into the second part of our part three uh what grade would you give ubisoft uh me personally just because i don't super connect with other inner games i would give them a b but like i could see like an a i would give them someone really liked it yeah because like i went through like all the publishers I didn't yeah. love a lot of their games. I only loved two of them, Far Cry yeah. and Far Cry 4 and Assassin's Creed Syndicate. But yeah. I liked more Ubisoft games than any other other publisher. That's fair. So like for me personally, I would definitely go an A. So I mean, yeah, but like they also, like I said, they do the thing where they go back and like they mm-hmm. do tons of post-launch support on their products. Like, I mean, they're overall, they're a great uh, publisher and developers. Yes. Uh, and then I guess the second part is where would you put them? Uh, I would put them at four. See, I would put them right below Sony at three. Ooh, I definitely would not. But I mean, I can see your argument for that just because you like a lot more of their games. Yes. Uh, like, I mean, personally, I just think the quality of Capcom games is higher than like the average of Ubisoft games overall. But yeah, and where like you really like you liked what Mario and Rabbids and that's it. I mean, other than black flag, yeah, black flag. And so like, Oh, and I guess watchdogs too. Yeah. Watchdogs too is pretty good. So. Um, whereas like, I feel like, uh, I mean like DMC five resident evil Two, monster hunter world, like just, I don't know, just like the quality and diversity of product is higher. Right. But that's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They, they, um, I'm not su- feeling like super passionate. Cause I like, I think we both like Capcom. Yeah. I love Ubisoft and you feel very lukewarm. So I, I'm fine. Like yeah. with our list, putting Capcom yeah. at three and moving Ubisoft to four. I definitely would fight hard to put them above Sega though. And like, you don't, Oh, I mean, they, I, I, we had this discussion. Like, I don't think Sega was like mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly awesome. Right. <laughs> so like uh, Ubisoft definitely had a better generation than yes. Sega did. That's for fucking sure. So, so I mean, like we both like Yakuza, but that's like yes. a super outlier. I feel like in Sega. So where then you love persona, Five as well and but like you yeah. like feel weird about that because like you don't really consider that a sega game and... yeah even though it technically is this is a sega's a strange company yes right? so like this this is what i think is weird about this list is that i do think that the top four are legitimately great publishers and yes. developers whereas i feel like the bottom half of the list is like i could really take or leave most of them 
<laughs> I think, well, like that's, I guess that's mean to say about Sega. Like they have a lot of games that I really like, but I yes. just like, I don't think they did great. You know what I mean? Well, like there's a reason why we gave them bees. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, if I was looking at the bottom of the list, it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, nothing is super, super standout, crazy, awesome or anything. Um, sure. Like I, I, Bethesda is a weird one where they have like super high highs, but then super low lows, super low lows. (laughs) So like that's That's one where like I would probably put it higher just because like Doom, Doom Eternal, Wolfenstein. Yeah. And then like Fallout 76, I recognize how terrible of a game that is, but like I didn't care about that game to begin with. So if it's good or bad, Mm. it has no effect on me at all. There are NPCs now, dude. There are NPCs now. Uh, Warner Brothers is so weird. I do want to just briefly mention that moving Ubisoft into fourth kicks Square Enix yeah. off the list. So I'm it sorry. does, yeah. I I, I'm, <laughs> I know that hurts you a lot. That's fine. That's uh, whatever. So then we'll just go. We'll go through the list and then we can talk about Warner Brothers in a second. So yeah, that leaves uh, at number ten. It's Blizzard. At number nine, it's Chucklefish. At number eight, Bethesda. Number seven, Bandai Namco. At number six, mm-hmm. 505 Games. Number five is Sega. Number four, Ubisoft. Number three, Capcom. Number two, Sony. And number one, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we are doing Warner Brothers. And as you said, they are a weird company. They are so I I don't know like I'm trying to preliminary look at it and like I I have a feeling I know roughly where they would go I guess mm-hmm. they probably have games that I just can't think about off the top of my head right now. Uh they have what, but, the Lego games. They yeah, have seven thousand Lego games. Nether Mortal Combat. Yeah. Uh they have the uh, Middle Earth. Yeah. The first one's good. Yeah, the first the one, first is, one good. is good. Why is the second one not good? I tr- so I tried to talk to. Did you not like it? Also, I that is like the one game, like the first game. Like I finish games when I get to a certain point. I got yeah. like twenty seven hours into that game. I probably had like two hours left. I just stopped playing it because I just didn't want to do the story anymore. The first one. The second one. Okay, so you played the second one for way longer than I did. Mm-hmm. I. I loved that first game, man. Yeah. It was just like, it was such a tight experience. Like it wasn't too long and it was, the combat was fun. The concept that they added in was like great. It was, and a, then it was like Assassin's Creed, but like in, you know, and I just, Oh man, I yeah. did not like the second one at all. And I, it's not like it was that different. And my brother was like trying to ask me why. And like, I just, I just, I don't know. It, it just was, didn't feel as good. I, I don't know what it was. Because they, they just like the first one felt very organic where the second one just felt like they took all the systems and then they just like the scale was off and they just like upped everything too much. They just like every time you started, which we can get into this more, but like, yeah, you would start fighting a group of enemies and then like one of like your like the main rival orcs would come in. 
And then you'd be like, all right, I got to take that out. And then while you're fighting him and fighting everyone else, another one would show up and then another one would show up. And you're just like, this is just like, this is getting out of control and this is happening far too often. And I'm killing the same enemy like 15 times. And then he just keeps coming back to life, even though I keep chopping his head off. And at a certain point that just like it, it just started to grade on me that that's why I just like, hit like, I, I don't even think I got to the part where you like pit your orc army against other armies. Oh, like in raiding like a castle. Yeah. Like I, I think I only played like three ish hours of it. Oh, okay. And I, I vividly remember the last day I played the game. It was because jumbo came over and I was like, okay, I got to finish the story mission. And like, I already was not having a good time and I beat the mission and I paused it mm-hmm. and I thought like, yeah, I'll just pick this up again later. And then every time I would go to pick it up again, I would be like, you know what? No, <laughs> like I'm good, I guess. And I felt bad about that. And I still like, I just don't, I, I yeah, it's bizarre. I would like to know if you, even if you just like pop that in for like an hour sometime this week if you went back and just kind of ran around that world for the first one for an hour if you would Mm -hmm. like it or if you're just like oh this didn't age as well as i remember i bet it didn't age as well as i remember um i I bet that's the case but it was yeah it's weird because like that would answer why you just like did not like it at all if yeah i they, they also made like weird some like strange fundamental changes to the way the combat worked that i also just didn't like very much i don't know and then like rocksteady didn't release any games this generation yeah so warner brothers is going to be a weird one i think but then i mean xbox game studios put out a fuckload of stuff so yes you know. and then after that we're doing our own special we're going to bring three each yeah so i'm still thinking about mine but i'm getting there and then That's after cool. that uh, we've discussed doing the deliberations where we will debate the top 10 games of the generation. Yeah. And so like, this is basically, we're just going through talking about all the games and then we'll mm-hmm. be able to then deliberate on what we think the top, top 10 is 10 mm-hmm. games are. Yeah. Which I think with the way the, like debating the publishers <laughs> gone, I have a good feeling about it. Yeah. So. We'll see how it goes. Yes. I think it'll be good too. Yes. Uh, all right. And so with that, we are done with uh, this episode. Uh, as always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Awesome chiptune band. You can check them out. And we will see you guys again next week when we talk about Warner Brothers. Peace out. <laughs>